Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. It is the December 2nd, 2017 edition. We're getting very close to the end of the year. Uh, we've only got a few weeks left. Uh, we've got a couple weeks until our Game of the Year discussions. And then uh, everything after that, it's sort of kind of uh, rolling downhill until the new year, which is shaping up to be another exciting year for video games. So I think we're all kind of psyched about that. Before we get into that, though, I'd like to introduce our guests for this Special edition. Uh, well, first off, we've got Brian Vitali. Hello. Oh, uh, James Galizio. Hello. Oh, and Josh Torres. Finally back. They they released me from the island that the, that they left me on with a certain game. Yeah. They couldn't leave it, and then they're like, "No, you gotta you gotta finish this. You yes, gotta write something." There's and been then a very good like reason. Yeah. <laughs> a very good reason why you've been uh, away from us for a little bit here. It's because you've been. Uh, uh, knees deep or thighs deep or hip deep yeah just uh, i'm drowning drowning uh, <laughs> yeah. over, uh, it's it's been you've been underwater uh with mm-hmm. the fun that is xenoblade chronicles 2 yeah uh, we'll talk about that a lot about that in this special edition of the tetracast we'll mm-hmm. we'll be mostly focusing on that before we do though um we'll have some topics to discuss this will be a little bit uh shift in the way we normally do things because uh we want to make that our primary topic for this for this uh, chat we're going to have here. Um, I will say, I just want to briefly mention uh, that, I don't know, did any of you guys actually buy anything for Black Friday? That's what I'm curious about because I'm sure you maybe bought something you had to wait for it to ship because there was also Cyber Monday. I think we talked about this a little bit last week actually, but I bought Horizon Zero Dawn and The Last Guardian at Best Buy a little bit before Black Friday and on Black Friday proper I bought Yakuza Kwame. Oh my god! Oh yeah, it was like it was like it's fifteen bucks at some point at Target, I think, or twenty bucks. Um, yep. Man, Last Guardian. I, I like we were talking before this podcast how um, Josh said that uh, he wished he could go back where my position is, where I can play Nier Automata again. Kind of wish I was in your position where I can play Last Guardian again, because boy, that was a hell of an experience that I'll carry. That's going to be one of the first games I'm going to play at the beginning of 2018. I feel like. Oh, that's that's a that's a relatively good time. You won't be so stressed out about anything else. You want to catch up Except on. Except for Monster you. Hunter. That's... Did that game have PS4 Pro support? Yes, yes. they added it. And it had like there 4K was a big thing at, um, with the release where. 1080p on the PS4 Pro is the only way to have a pretty stable frame. Oh, that's yeah, right. yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that whole nonsense. Yeah, the performance-wise, Last Guardian, eh. But the the presentation and the gameplay and mm-hmm. the, the story, of course, is amazing. I um, I bought a keyboard, uh, this mechanical keyboard. I bought a mouse pad, a gigantic How do you have, one. Uh, what color of keyboard? What type of keyboard did it's, you get like cherry or whatever it's a corsair k55 so it's membrane keys which is basically kind of like the cherry browns so it's like really okay. silent and i figured uh it was 38 bucks on amazon which is a hell of a price uh it's normally 50 but because it, it's supposed to replace i think they called it like the k40 any in any case it's uh very silent which is kind of what i wanted it's got nice keys on it. it's got macros so has good feedback though feels oh, good on you totally I, I i really enjoyed it. i actually played some overwatch nice. today and there was a really intense game at the end where i forget what mm-hmm. the map is called but you're like ending up in this it's one of the new maps where you're like inside of like a very small room uh with balconies around you and some uh staircases and things like that and the payload was coming in and uh that keyboard <laughs> saved my life because uh i was hopping around as junk rat and just destroying people with uh mine i was killing <laughs> a lot of people in that place and wow uh it was really responsive um it's the tactile fe- feedback is really That's nice good. yeah so it makes a difference fun. i also bought um besides some speakers i also bought a 32 inch monitor uh quad hd which i found out quickly 
my video card cannot handle this much because Overwatch too is much. like, hey, you want to be uh, uh, 2560 by 1440 or whatever it is um, and full screen and 60 frames and my computer's like, nope. And then <laughs> just as soon as I tried to play Overwatch, I walked out of the uh, spawn area and just really huge lag spike and I was oh, like, wow. oh, I had to um, turn Knocked it all the way down. Yeah. So, but but, but you can like, video watch card? videos. What's that? What's her video card? It's like a 680 or something. I won it on uh, Gap, I think. Like, I was supposed to respond first to a post, and I, I was the one to do it, and I won oh, it on the video DJX card. 60. Yeah, you should definitely upgrade it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that apparently they're talking about AMD is going to have, like, this big refresh on the Ryzen stuff uh, in February, and they're going to put out motherboards in January. So that's that'll be my excuse, because that's obviously tax season, so that'll be, like, the perfect yeah. time to do it. Uh, and finally, I'll be able to do that stuff. It's also, of course, important for video editing uh, reasons because yeah. I've edited a lot of videos for this site, and it would be great to be able to have something that's a little more uh, stable and more uh, capable because using my laptop has been nice, but my laptop's been acting up as well, so it's kind of a pain. Yeah, it's getting to the point where I want to upgrade my computer too, but those graphics card prices, oh, God. Mm-hmm. I was at a micro center just the other day, and I was it was – depressing seeing what they actually had in stock they had nothing above a 1050 ti well that's the thing is just that um nothing's like msrp anymore it seems like it's always got to be above that because of the demand for that stuff but you know uh, i mean if you're looking at like nvidia i mean i'm probably going to do all amd ati stuff not to mention i'm hoping to do amd i'm looking Uh, at the vega 56 but unfortunately that's the one that's most popular for miners right now so yeah i mean i've got a free sync monitor so that's why but yeah Anybody else, uh, Josh or? Yeah, I was, uh, I was saying like videos must look at least real crisp on that though. Even oh. if video games, you know, aren't really up to par with your computer, at least like like HD, like YouTube or Netflix or whatever, it's whatnot. Kind of, it's kind of, I, I kind of should have known better when I bought it. Uh, and also, it doesn't have speakers, so I've been having a whole nightmare situation uh, with that. I see. Yeah, because uh. that was my. I was using one of those, you know, those like PlayStation TVs they put out a number of years ago. Uh, that were like oh, yeah. inches, the ones that you can like put on your oh, glasses and have were... like two player. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Like, um, it was actually 2013 when it happened. It was the day that I started that Final Fantasy VII uh, marathon for Extra Life. Uh, I they were at 100 dollars a piece at Best Buy, so I grabbed two of them, sold one, used the other to play the game on, and uh, it was very nice to have that monitor. It's been going pretty well so far, but it's a TV. Uh, I didn't consider the fact that I wouldn't have a TV after I replaced that with this monitor. And so I have to hook up separate speakers for the PS4 and separate speakers for my computer. It's been kind of... Oh, maybe I could just put the TV right next to this one because I got enough space. I'm I'm just doing like a weird Frankenstein setup at this point. It's been kind of yeah. ridiculous. Uh, Upgrades in probably progress. Better a, uh, yeah. Probably a better Frankenstein system than mine. Right now I... Uh... I, I use headphones all the time anyway, so I actually have my um, PS4 sound routed through my mic port on my computer, and then I just listen to that huh. through Windows. That's that way amazing. I can have the PS4... Uh, that way I can... It, it's um, system agnostic, so it'll work for my Switch, it'll work for my Wii U, it'll work for PS4. Xbox One's not in my room anymore, but yeah. So it means I don't have to worry about unplugging stuff whenever i want to use my headphones on a system i did i did hear that uh the ps4 supports usb audio which is really nice so if you got like usb speakers or laptop speakers that hook up via usb apparently it does it just fine Uh, outside of of course just plugging your headphones into your controller or whatever so that's um that might be the route i go because i've got a pair of those but uh brian or josh did you buy anything for black friday cyber monday 
I got a Starbucks drink and Aww. I actually didn't participate in it was like the first time in many years yeah that like I didn't participate in a Black Friday I just I, I just looked at the deals I'm like I don't I'm I'm not feeling anything right now maybe maybe holiday season I'll live or some but there's not, besides like an external hard drive just to I don't know oh yeah I, I tried to get all. one of those at Best Buy I saw they had something for like 60 or 80 bucks for a four terabyte external and of course, when I finally went to go try and get it, it was sold out. How, how stable are 8-terabyte externals? I have no idea. Uh, I mean, obviously it depends. Like, the Steelgate ones, they're usually the ones the most affordable, and those don't have a good track record anyway, unless you want to go, like, Western Digital. Because I did see, like, 4-terabyte hard drives tend to be on sale quite often, but going to 8, I don't see them on sale that much as someone who kind of keeps it, it's of it's more yeah. about just like me like i like to archive a lot of shit so one of like you need oh, to I understand that. I understand yeah one of my main that. archive things are just, is just kind of reaching its peak i'm like okay i actually need to like to make that available again i need to like just transfer everything to an eight terabyte one and like kind of keep it in a closet somewhere yeah Stop i mean i guess it... all those animes or something <laughs> oh yeah honestly I've, i still got like hard drives of anime somewhere in my in my closet here cause... yeah that's that's just took up so much space. I mean, for you, Josh, of course, it wasn't. I guess it's not as important. Like, I had a kind of a, not so much a need, but a, a strong want to be able to buy these new parts. You upgraded your computer earlier this year, right? So it's not yeah. As... It was uh like, I, I think it was last year. I, st- I I I built a new computer, but like I was still kind of like getting parts, getting parts for it. It wasn't until like late last year, early this year, that I kind of started kitting it out with like a, a new keyboard. Um, and then actually got my capture card uh, deal set up, so yes. like I got all my games now like run through my computer, so I don't have to, so I can like keep keep tabs on like anything that's happening in the chat or in Twitter while uh, running everything through XSplit, and then uh, with the with the push of a button I can like have it start recording or live streaming and whatnot. Uh, anytime and it, it doesn't and it doesn't matter like which system I can just I don't have to do for the system just like kind of swap out HDMI cables but it also supports whether I have to stream from my like things on my cell phone or just anything really so it's, it's actually like a really really <clears throat> neat setup but kind of but my room right now is kind of it didn't like I didn't accommodate for this kind of setup. Of course. So if, if I were to like cool. rebuild like the design of my room, I would definitely have a more elegant solution. But it it works. I I, I do enjoy where it ended up. Yeah, that's that's been kind of me. It's like when I bought these parts, I for the first time in months, I did a, like a really big cleanup uh, in my room, and so I totally get what you're talking about. It's yeah. like I have to kind of this is my excuse to be able to do that. Uh, Brian, I I forget was it you or your brother who also bought like a new computer, like a new parts. Um. Well, we kind of both did. Yeah. I had a computer. I had a computer that I updated in about May uh, with a graphics cards, new CPU. My main driver is that I wanted to get to DDR4, so that means the new motherboard. <laughs> I don't think Dance Dance Revolution. When you I, say that. I still, I still, I, I immediately <laughs> thought that too. Sorry. Sorry. And then, like, and during the whole thing, I just figured, uh, let me swap out mostly everything except like the storage. Um, so that was in May. And then I got—I think I got like some speakers in August. And then I gave my brother the older parts, which were still pretty good. That's right. Um, you, you gave it to him. And then so so that kind of gave him like a leg up. And then he just kind of had to finish it off. Like I like I used the same case, so he had to get his own case and things like that. I remember you but, were trying to give me that video card, and I was like, uh, and then I was like, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> That's perfect. Then uh, he's he's, he's yeah, as, me for it. As for Black Friday, uh, I have a short story to tell. I did not buy anything fun for Black Friday. Um, The main thing I'm looking for is a monitor. 
I've been waiting on these like Acer and am I mispronounce this Asus? Um, the 4K, the the 4K HDR high refresh rate ones. Now I know that my computer can't do high refresh rate 4K right now, but I'm trying to like this is a monitor uh, that I plan on keeping for a long time. Yeah. But they de- but they delayed those into 2018. So I'm like, well, I'm not really interested in any of these games. Like if, if I want to get one down the road, I'll just buy it and like I, like I wasn't really interested in anything, so I didn't get anything. And I'm eating dinner on Sunday night and I start choking. And I'm like, Brian, you dumbass! You didn't, uh, you didn't chew enough or whatever. Like, you, you just don't, you, you don't even know how to eat. You've gotten, you've gotten this far in life. <laughs> but uh, so I, I'm choking, I'm choking, I'm breathing fine, but I cannot eat or drink anything. And I'm like, gee, this is interesting. Oh, um, so I go to the ER. They don't help me at all. They say they don't see anything on the X-ray. They don't see anything on the CT. It's anxiety, Brian. Just go home and sleep it off. Oh, that's interesting. So I go home. I try to sleep it off. I don't. I still can't eat or drink anything. So I go to the, like the gastrointestinal esophageal doctor, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you've got blockage." So long story short, that was my Black Friday weekend. Was um, apparently I had a allergic reaction that constricted my esophagus. But did, was it like? Did they ever specify like exactly what you ate to trigger that allergic reaction? Did you ever find out what you're allergic no, to? No, I didn't figure oh, it out. The fear. Oh, so that's that is a little bit frightening, I guess. I'm not allergic to a lot of things. Like I don't have any food allergies. I'm allergic to like one medicine. I I don't have like even bad seasonal allergies, but something I did Man. triggered that. Oh, yeah. But anyways, I don't want to go on about something that's completely off, you know, out of left field. No, but I mean, it's, yeah. that that was that was my Black Friday weekend. And the, 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 the important story is that you're up. fine now, you know. Yeah. I mean, I've yeah. I've gone through the whole like I think it was when I had bad sciatica that I got allergic reaction to medicine and it made my feet swell up, so I had a much harder time moving around. So that can be really bad. Uh, maybe. You know, we trace the, the stuff that you ate that maybe something you never ate before that you tried for the first time and then that caused that to happen. Or maybe it was just a weird ingredient that was in something you normally eat. So, man. Uh, I, I, never, I never tried never it. The, the, only, the only potential thing I might be allergic to, and I never tried it, is I found out some years ago that my mom was allergic to, like, wasp stings. And I'm like, oh, I like, I'm not really allergic to like anything really bad really, anyway. <laughs> but, but I'm like, am I allergic to this? I'm like, I, I don't want to try it and find out if I am. But oh gosh, you know, I, I hear so the weirdest things. I moved to California a year ago. I get, I hear the weirdest stories about people. They've never been stunned by a bee before. They never had a, like, allergies before. It's like, it's like, I'm always standing around like, you guys have never been anywhere outside of, like the cleanest areas. Like they're in a, some sort of bubble that I don't know about because <laughs> California's a weird place. <laughs> Um, yeah. In any case, uh, let's get into uh, the podcast proper now that we've kind of set things up a little bit here. Because like I mentioned, we've got some topics that we want to briefly go over, uh, some important <clears throat> news that came out from the last week uh, that's worth talking about. The first one is this kind of out of – I wouldn't say out of nowhere because I think that we've been kind of uh, – since Spike I've Shunsoft – um, Since Spike Shunsoft had their uh, GDC – uh, press event that they held. It was just kind of like a, the first international press event, is the way they put it, uh, back in March. They seem to be deeply um, leaning towards the proposition of opening some sort of American branch. And they so far have, uh, they announced that they've done so. So, yes, Spike Chunsoft announced they're holding up their American branch in Long Beach, uh, which is meant to be sort of their base of operations for localizations and uh, marketing and all that stuff that. Uh, so far, uh, other companies have been handling for them, such as Nice America, uh, Axis in some cases. And so right now, um, 
with the news of that, that follows hot on the heels of Arc System Works doing the same thing. Uh, they're in, was it uh, Torrance or Gardino? Where do they, where's Arc System Works? Torrance. Okay, yeah. So everyone's moving into SoCal, uh, which is good for us because me and Josh <laughs> are, and uh, James are all down here. Uh, yep. So, you know, anytime I want to talk about them. But that's kind of interesting because uh, Axis Games is kind of on the hook for this. We talked about this before the podcast, but yeah, uh, Axis so has... First they lost um, Arc System Works, and now they've lost uh, Spike Chunsaw, so yeah. yeah. They're, 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 they're arguably they're the, like, the, one of their most significant and bigger, bigger partners, both of them. Uh, in the in the realm of things, and, you know, they of course like uh, Axis still has like you know their Otome uh, ranch yeah, and like, like stuff like that. Yeah, factory ultimate stuff. That's kind of mm-hmm. you know it's weird yeah. that that's a thing, but that happens. But yeah, wonder how long that's gonna last too. Now it, it's a weird thing, but I, it, like you know, it, it's it's nothing like kind of out of left field, right? Because when you no. think about it, um, Spike Trinson has been like you know, they've been the ones in charge of their PC uh, localizations, like you know the marketing stuff for on that end. So like whenever you see like the Steam uh, store entry for like a Spike Trinsoft like uh, like the Zero Escape series, they're the ones in charge instead of like uh, Axis. Usually yeah. it does them on the on the console versions. Yeah, yeah, and it's weird because like uh, the first thing, uh, I, aside from the uh, from Zero uh, from Zero Escape and Duncan Ropa and stuff like that, because they did another episode. Did they also do Duncan Ropa V three on PC or was that New Smith? Yes, mm, yes, they did on PC. Yeah. Okay, because yeah, um, I mean. Um, my other brush is that they this year they published uh, Fire Pro Wrestling World, and they've been kind of doing all the PR and marketing for oh, yeah, that that's game. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's coming to PS4, so I, maybe that'll be one of their first real things. Oh, that's uh, interesting. I wonder how they handled like the user mods on so, that. So yeah, that's that's the thing. Uh, very briefly, because this is obviously in the side for us, but um, they announced it for PS, PC and PS4 back when it was originally announced, and so this is not necessarily news. Uh, but they did say that's going to all that user generated stuff. It will be on the PS4 version. So wow, yeah. cool. If you check our YouTube channel, you. YouTube.com slash RPG site. Now, I actually added a couple videos that are a bunch of like um, RPG characters. Actually, uh, the first one's RPG. The first one was like Zero Escape characters. So check that. A uh, VLR, actually, in fact. Uh, go check that out. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 crazy, and it just shows that you know um, how much how important uh, it is to have a base of operations in America. So the yeah, fact yeah. That that's happening. Mm-hmm. Crazy. You just see like this uh, this whole movement to globalization. You know, we say we saw yeah. we saw at the. Uh, just you know, a few years back, when Idea Factory did a very similar thing, they kind of cut ties in this America, and they decided to you know to create their own branch, North American branch, and that's been doing very well for them. Uh, in the realm of things, they have like their own storefront merchandise. They they've been they've been uh, killing it out there. Yeah, and then obviously it seems like you know it's weird because um, Sega had deep trouble. I think I think they they just announced they did like had like half the. The forecast profits, uh, profit like the forecasted profits, uh, so they did really badly lately. Um, mm. But obviously, with the, some of the announcements coming around, like Valkyrie Chronicles Four, hopefully that'll turn around. But in any yeah. case, uh, the fact that they moved from San Francisco down to the Atlas offices in SoCal uh, here in uh, Irvine, I believe. Um, <laughs> at least they had the. At least Sega has that two million Persona Five units sold. That's where I uh, quite working for them. So Persona's putting in work. Does that count digital as well? Is that like all of it? I think so. When they announced it, I'm pretty sure that accounted for digital too. Yeah, yeah. Because someone, someone in our comments like mentioned, "What about digital?" I was like, "I'm pretty sure that includes it." But they said like ship copies, and I'm like, "Shipped?" I don't. Know. Uh, uh, yeah, the, 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 there's always some weird terminology about like the, if yeah. like if it's sold digitally, do you count it as shipped? And then it's like, I don't know. No, yeah, they do say that, right? Like it says shipped yeah. and digital sales. It's like, oh, this yeah. is uh, such a headache. Anyway. 
but yeah, that's one of the big, uh, bigger news st- stories. Uh, just for the potential of what that can really mean, and also it just means we'll probably have like a strong relationship with Spike Chunsoft just because we'll be able to talk to them directly. Yeah. And, uh, they're cool. apparently going to have their big next thing uh, at GDC once again, or the, I don't know if it's like. Was it? I think it's GDC, right? Again, like this year. I, yeah, I don't GDC twenty eighteen. Yep. Okay, okay. Because yeah, they. I, I, I thought they named it something different That's in the email, a, but it's like in March, I believe. Yeah, it's 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 some or. I think it's around there. Yeah. Yeah. So, because uh, uh, like it's around PAX. So yeah, that that's going to be happening. Uh, of course, a yeah. lot more news. They'll have announcements and such like that when that event comes around. But uh, I assume right now they're just getting things set up. Um, but good for them. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It just means that they're getting bigger and bigger. Time will tell what Neon Falcon will have their own branch soon enough. Uh, that'd be insane mm, if they did. That'd be right? interesting. It's, I don't I, know I'm not so sure if it. their output's big enough yet, though. That's the thing. The, the, it's one of those things that, that, that they're kind of like working through the paces right now. You know, they're in a very similar situation where these companies, you know, when they wanted to like branch out of Japan, they work with Miss America, Axis, and other companies, you know, going through their paces. And then once they got like a good catalog localized, there's actually an install base that it's like worth it to expand into their own branch like open up a new office uh so you know i i think falcom is on the way there slowly but surely i i, I that's where things are looking but I, so i wouldn't be surprised to see like in the next not three, three, three years, years. Uh, I mean, they, i'd yeah. say five or ten not I, three I, years they moved pretty slowly dude that's they, i mean that's fair enough uh they just need the venture capital uh but also <laughs> at the same time if you think about the grand scheme uh prior to Charles in the sky uh first chapter when that got localized before that, you only had like maybe a, a few titles, and you had like Konami helping localize some of that stuff, and Ben and Amco, of course, uh, going back to even the Super Nintendo days. But like those were few and far between. Yeah, and we're only talking about like in the last like six or seven years that they've been having more and more of their titles be localized, and it's like almost one to one. Like every title they make has been localized, and they're even saying, of course, the next Trails of Cold Steel will be the last one they do, which. It's funny because the third one's supposed to be, but whatever. Uh, so uh, it's interesting to see where exactly they think that the, whether they'll like explore other genres or they'll stick to what they do best. But oh no, no! It, when they said that, it's the last Cold Steel game. That no, no, so I know. I know. Kaseki, of course, lives on. Yeah. It'll live on for a long time because that's their. That's like their Final Fantasy. Obviously. It's okay. The, the the next Kaseki arc will be a shmup. Oh, and then, well, actually, okay. I would not mind it because even I mean, to be fair, Nier Automata had a shmup, so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of Exceed, uh, we've got their localization announcement of Zway, the Ar- Argus adventure. I think. Argus, Argus. Argus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't this threw me for a Zway. loop because um, I was actually talking with a few people from the uh, Ease 8 fan translation project or fan edit project when we were working on it before NAS announced it or thing. And uh, one of the things that I was hearing is that don't have much hope way being localized by Xseed like they so it's really interesting to see this happen when everything I had been told was oh, behind the scenes there's not much hope for it so well, I, I, guess, I guess we should we should clarify that the Zway the Argus Adventure is the Zway first Zway game yes. yeah Zway 1 finally getting localized after like 17 years officially yeah and that's oh, I forgot I forgot if it had a fan translation it, it must have it right? I think so it yeah did. it did because like um, yeah. the Ilvard insurrection uh, was Zway 2 they just obviously mm-hmm. didn't name it that way they even so much as said that the reason they didn't localize Zway they didn't announce the localization for the original Zway like they're doing right now out is because they they felt it was too dated, which is really weird that now they turn around and doing it anyway. <laughs> Here's the really interesting thing about this: um, Zway um, came out about a year after the final 
Gagarv Windows PC port. That's right. I remember that. So we're yeah, now within range. Heroes. Oh, yeah, we're now within range where those games aren't off the table. We've gone far enough back in Falcom's PC catalog that getting ports of those games is very much possible at this point. I mean, to be fair, like they actually have a number of their PC games available for free uh online um i'm trying to remember what it what some of the games were but like they're like really early 2000 late 90s games because i remember uh announcing the um the bir- when we do birthday tweets of course on our twitter account uh some of those games are available for free um i, I mean i don't know if i want to look it up right now but like uh the fact that you can access those and they're in english they're they are in english so they did local uh right. translate them but the, you know we're talking about dungeon crawlers and things like that very just text yeah. translations nothing more serious than that so, like, I wonder if they'll ever, like, take those versions and, you know, clean them up a little bit, put them on Steam. But otherwise, I can't really think of any other, too many other, like, Falcon games, unless you want to go back to, like, the 80s. <laughs> Which um, they really We're just going to re like, re-release really fucking old games. Oh, yeah, Falcom <laughs> has some hentai in the back, you know. that's They actually made some of Rogue in the, in, the, in the past, so. Oh, yeah, early, Falcom, early Falcom's wild, dude. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's, it's the like, Rant series is basically a parody on the E series if you go far back far enough back so there you yeah. go but we'll just restart like uh releasing falcom games just just start from the beginning square one. Oh, okay and i want to just briefly mention vantage master that's one of the one example of a game that's <laughs> yeah, available that's for right. free uh you can, it's all it's just the way to get to it is falcom.com slash vantage v-a-n-t-a-g-e slash I mean, you can just do a Google search, but slash index underscore e dot html. You can play that game for free on a browser. So that's just yeah. one of those things. But like, that's I find it hilarious how in Tokyo Zanadu there's a Vantage Master cabinet in the arcade. Oh, and that's right. Yeah, that's comments, that. man, nobody's ever heard of this, have they? <laughs> no, no, apparently. That, is that still up? Like, really, to this day? Vantage um, Master. I have to. I have to check. Oh, are oh. you talking about the PC version? Like yeah. on. I'm, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I think it is. I, I want to also mention that actually, speaking of which, um, someone put out a fan translation, uh, an English We're translation of. Uh, let me let me say it. Brandished, yeah, brandish to the Planet Buster for PC ninety eight. So anyone can go out and just play that game. I mean, you got to buy a PC ninety eight. I'm actually someone put up pictures of the old like uh, Japanese systems, like the Sharp X sixty eight thousand and and the PC ninety eight and the PC eighty eight. Uh, I would kind of want to just buy one of those, just uh, this, see what it was like. I, I've seen I've seen two people on my Twitter timeline like, just say, "Hey, my PC ninety eight got in today." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> uh, fuck, did you see not? the sharp? It's like this weird, like black, like it's like a Frankenstein, like two black boxes like yeah. slapped together. It's mm-hmm. so bizarre Jeez. looking." The only thing I really know about the sharp is that it probably has my favorite um, versions of the tracks for Ease three, yes. the original. Yeah, they, oh those my gosh, the really, really like, yeah, Ease uh uh. One and two, and he's four, I believe, I think. Uh, they have some really great tracks in there. So, uh, yeah, great sound trip. Anyway, moving into other news that we've got, because, once again, we've got stuff to talk about here. Um, Square Enix announced that they have a new Final Fantasy 15 patch coming out uh, in just, uh, this month, in fact, in December. Uh, and they have, obviously, plans for the future as well. Uh, Hajime Tabata, uh, during the recent uh, letter from the producer, talked about how he wanted more episodes to be coming up. Uh such as Arden, but also we heard people talking about wanting the Luna Freya uh, episode as well, and so uh, that's more about you know the hope that they have. This is this along with like um, Shinji Hashimoto, uh, I got his name right, uh, the president mm-hmm. of Square Enix, talking about how 
2018 is going to be a huge year for Final Fantasy with a lot of new game announcements. So uh, that should be pretty exciting. Hopefully, it means that West is included with all those. Like we still haven't gotten Dread Quest yeah. Builders too. They're, they're finally they're finally fulfilling the promise that was shown like the early FF when it's still Final Fantasy versus 13, where like you can actually switch between yes. uh, Gladio, Ignis, and Prompto like in, in mid battle. It's so weird that that was a screenshot. It's like almost one to one, and yet uh, the only difference, of course, is that you can finally play them. Uh, obviously, you know it all well, comes down to whether you actually the, like those characters, but you know. Well, the PC version come with all the DLC, or is it a separate purchase? I, I think it. I think it's all the DLC, the Windows edition. I'm pretty sure I read in the description yes, on the Steam page. It is, that, uh, but yeah, you know, along more stuff, <laughs> yeah, along with the along with the multiplayer comrades thing. <laughs> And it's looking more and more like with the with the you know recent murmurs and rumors of like them thinking like a second season pass. I think they're gonna do it now with the announcement of, the, of these three more DLC episodes oh, totally. next year. They want to they want to have like content throughout 2018. They are gonna yeah. put out a second season, which is so kind of season pass too. a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> just like come on guys, like they're, they're, they're just like Final Fantasy got its sequels. The FF15 will have sequels to its season pass. Just just think it's for poetic. a second how it's been like what. Like, 13 years since they announced a new Final Fantasy game. Because <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy 14 obviously, is a whole different story because they announced it at the same time as as, thir- as 15, excuse me, slash thir- uh, 13 versus 13. But uh, it's been 13 years since we got a new Final Fantasy announced. And it looks like it's going to be well into 2019, so, 2020. Th- here we go. Then Exactly on the 15th year since it's the, it's been announced... They'll announce a new one. Say, fifteen oh, years 15th since fifteen. <laughs> That's another. Boom. Episode. God <laughs> damn it! Everything's oh. an anniversary. That the Final Fantasy thirtieth anniversary was just kind of like, well, they haven't really done anything for that. Uh, now they've got this. This is kind of this is kind of disgusting. Uh, <laughs> I I, I kind of want to check out like FF fifteen again after like yeah. like the Windows edition. And now that every the whole bunch you of know, new features. I wonder if I wonder if they're going to uh, port the. Theatrhythm arcade game to consoles because I really love that. that. It, would, <laughs> really it, love it would be very easy to port because it uses two buttons and these basic kind of analog stick nub things. So I mean, the, yeah, like the the sequel curtain calls like top five 3ds games for me i love the shit out of it it's, it's yeah. great and uh they keep adding music to the arcade version they they add like music, music and stuff like that yeah they got like a, a ton of songs and i mean it's easy money for them right just like the theater rhythm uh for the handheld uh they just put out you know dlc constantly uh ben and emco makes makes a killing on uh you know auto master stuff so i'm sure that they can do that mm-hmm. on consoles i have a just feeling since it is a game that wouldn't be too hard to bring over, it might come over free to play or something, or they might just do uh, a all the songs like. I, I, I think they'll do. I think they'll do like all the base songs yes. and then start charging like the ones they added the arcade version, the special I edition think. that has a couple free songs, and then yeah. it reminds me that we never got that theatrical uh, Dragon Quest game, which is oh, fun. that's right. Oh, it's really good. I imported I like, it. It's it's really nice. It looks fun. really cool, especially the the presentation. Everything uh, seems pretty exciting. Byron, do you ever any interest to go back to Final Fantasy 15? I don't know. If, did you end up playing it at all? I didn't. I'm waiting for the PC version, yeah. basically. I think Adam's going to do it. To, to comment on an earlier thing, I'm pretty sure what they'll do is that uh, episode Gladio through Comrades will be bundled in, and then like season two or whatever you want to call it will be released alongside. I think uh, that's that's nice. Time. Time. Yeah, yeah, that that sounds about right. That, the, with the Windows edition, like with my replay, I want to try that dumb new first person mode that they're gonna add in oh, and try to play the right. whole game like that, that. <laughs> oh 
That'd be so nauseating doing the teleportation <laughs> with the first person. It's like GTA uh, 5 all over again, just like getting like whiplash just when this is. Yeah, I'm just gonna have like a fucking bottle of Excedrin by me at all times. Is it is it VR as well or just first person? Uh, I think it's only first person, okay. like that, no VR, but I, like I would. Somebody I would will think, mod it in onto yeah. the oh, PC yeah, I mean, it's if, if they won't do it themselves, then I'm that along with the nude mods. <laughs> That's is the is the VR FF15 VR stuff like Monster of the Deep coming to Windows? Do they say anything about that? Yeah, or is that if it is, it's probably. If it is, it's probably going to be a year exclusive on oh, okay. PlayStation yeah. or something. I mean, it's all, I think if I'm not mistaken, like they already put out some free stuff for VR anyway. I'll, I assume that'll just throw that they'll throw that in. But like, that's a PlayStation VR thing, uh, not so much like for other platforms, as far as I know, right? Like, did they? They? I mean, obviously, because it's only on PlayStation Four right now, because Xbox doesn't have their own VR thing. Maybe you know, maybe it'll come to other like VR headsets for the PC because you know that's a totally different thing. I mean, people have hacked the PlayStation VR to work on PC, but that's a whole different story, of course. Um, yeah. But let's get through this uh, these other pieces of news here. Um, uh, quickly, just saying, yes, Shin Megami Tensei Five. They confirm a Western localization, which they could have just confirmed that a long time ago because they just put out the same damn trailer. <laughs> it, it, it was weird putting seeing that trailer yeah. in the Nintendo channel. I'm like, yeah, just just. The random person getting assaulted I, by demons. Yeah. Just I, I love how they went out of their way to announce this for West when they had already sent out a PR release when it was announced in Japan. Oh yeah, that's right. And then they're saying we're not saying anything, but I mean, they they really didn't need to say anything. Like everyone already knew it was coming over, but whatever. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's cool to have like an official announcement. You have like sure. the logo, the announcement trailer, all in English now. So it's just like it's rest letting people rest easy, you know. Yeah. Okay. 100% confirmation. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and that actually leads us into the next piece of news yeah. that we've got here, that uh, uh, Demon Souls, the finally be ending online services, which is crazy because I think it was like around the Game for Windows stuff that they were thinking about shutting that down, but they resurrected it uh, because there was enough outcry about it. So that's going to be shutting down at the end of February, uh, which people are talking about. That's right before the end of the fiscal year. But we also have um, PlayStation Experience is coming up this upcoming mm-hmm. uh Next weekend, in fact, uh, with Friday night's presentation, uh, they did say. Uh, I mean, Sega and Alice have already come out and say, like, for example, there's not going to be any more any Yakuza announcements for the West anytime this year, maybe even next year. So we might get Yakuza Kiwami two maybe early 2019. Uh, but the fact that uh, Demon Souls is shutting down. I mean, Alice announced it on their. Uh, You're just connecting the dots, man. Oh my gosh. Uh, yes, Atlas, can it, <laughs> Atlas announced it on their American Twitter account because they're the ones who published Demon Souls for America. Uh, ben and Amco announced it for uh, Europe because they handled it there. And then Sony, of course, uh, announced it first uh, in Japan. So, yeah, I mean, the, wor- the work is going, the word is going around that, you know, they're going to s- somehow do like uh, a remake for PS4. Oh, yeah, a remake or remaster would be awesome. I, I could I'd see it happening. I could Absolutely. see it happening. Uh, uh, Blue Point will be handling. No, I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but uh, yeah, the, the, to just clarify, like you know, there's just like solely for Demon Souls online services. Yes. So you have like the the online multiplayer, the like the invasions, the co-op, with the messages. Yeah. They didn't uh, do the. Uh, they didn't do the. Um, what what do they call it on on online? The uh, the uh, the white the white and the dark whatever it's called. The no, stuff the, that the, the, I, I think that that 
the tendency stuff tendency, is yes. online. Yeah, the is online connected if you are connected online, but you can like manually like control it if you just like uh, put That's your right. PS3 off. It would be very very hard, but you could still yeah. technically get the platinum trophy. Do you think they have like Demon Souls like private servers? <laughs> I don't oh, know. Like, it, it, no, knowing knowing like like the From Software fan base, like I think that people will step up and like try to like hack some solution in. Oh my gosh! And, and the tricky part is obviously making PS3s like talk to that private server i mean what private star online is, is still going wide, strong yeah i'm sorry yeah. itself so it pings at separate server or something like that Probably. or use a or use a dns server for for it maybe i don't know or uh, just play demon souls without online and just be like yeah. hey just stuff I, it up one last thing here is i want to mention that demon Souls servers are going to outlast the gravity rush 2 servers oh yeah that's Fuck. right it's such a bummer uh... like they have exclusive that's the worst part when you think about it because if you that's we were talking about this before way back when uh sega announced that they were it wasn't it was like sega i think it was like atlas that they were going to try to like uh shut they were trying to like get rid of um the uh, rpcs3 emulator stuff uh, from patreon they tried their best to get rid of it and didn't work out uh that it's all about the posterity and the idea that these online servers are shutting down and a lot of these things just like gravity rush 2 have like story stuff and like quests that are story related like it's gone with time once these servers are shut down it's so depressing and it well Gravity I think Rush it outlasted the the weeds the Wii channel too, right? Like I think that was the or it was actually it outlasted the um uh, the Wii shot. what's it called the, the Miiverse the Miiverse yes that outlasted that as well yeah yeah, yeah the, like uh, James was saying yeah the Gravity Rush two stuff isn't really story related it's more like uh, you get like tokens that are exclusively for like, the oh, online yeah. things and then you can like exchange those like for different outfits for cat. And whatnot. So it's it's not really story related, but it still kind of sucks that like unless they provide like a an alternative method to like acquire those things that were only used. To, I think they were called like rusty or dusty tokens or something. Dusty tokens, because yeah. that's the name of the cat. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean there there definitely are examples of um, servers being shut down that we do lose like mm-hmm. online exclusive. Yes, mentioning Fantasy Star Online, there actually were like online multiplayer quests that were that mm-hmm. were only on there that had like a whole story attached to it that we can't. Uh, unless you go through those private servers, of course, like the potential is there that could have been lost, but you don't. So there are like good reasons to have private servers too, just because you're able to experience that and those tendencies and things like that. But obviously, you know, there's a huge community with Demon Souls still. I, I am, I'm fully sure. Uh, it's which is bizarre when you think about it because it's like it doesn't. It's not on PC, so it's it's only on PlayStation Three, which is nuts. But that just going back, just very briefly, just thinking about the fact that when that Demon Souls came out in Japan. Like the import scene was huge because it was in English, yeah. so like mm-hmm. it was insane. Like how many people I, I, I was heavily considering it uh, yes, until they until at the last moment they announced the localization. I'm like okay, I'll, I'll wait out, and like I was I was kind of following it, like you know, just like what they showed in magazines. Like wow, this this looks a lot like Kingsfield, huh? Yeah, oh totally. <laughs> like obviously outside of the first person stuff, it's third person Kingsfield, which is a game I played a lot on PlayStation yeah. Two. So. I was I was excited uh, to see more it, about that. So this Demon might be, Souls a special it could game. be the last yeah. time we talk about Demon Souls, or maybe just the beginning. Starting next week, yeah. we'll see. Uh, unless they have another. What's old is new again? Yeah, we'll maybe. find out. My God. Uh, and before and before we get into the Xenoblade Chronicles two, uh, briefly speaking, yes, PlayStation Experience is next Friday, but Idea Factory has their own press event coming up this week as well that we'll all be attending, and so we'll have all the news from there, and we'll be talking about that on the next podcast. Cool. So let's go ahead and get into Xenoblade Chronicles two proper. So. Uh, Josh, of course, um, just to kind of let people know who are listening, where everyone's at, because we talked about this before the podcast. Josh, yeah. of course, beat the game, working on side content. 
Brian is yet to beat the game, but he's done a whole lot and has been helping with uh, site content. James, you're about, uh, as you said, like about 20 hours in. Uh, no, 15 with... hours, but 15, yeah. yes. Uh, wrapping up uh, the t- tutorials, so just give me an idea how many tutorials there are, but it just goes to show the game is kind of easing you into what should be, sounds like a very long experience. So let's, let's uh, before we get deeper, uh, Josh, just kind of uh, go over and let us know about, you know, your general feelings about the game, the fact that, you know, this is the sequel to, uh, and this is shaping up to be, uh, Nintendo and Molosoft's kind of their Final Fantasy. What is your feeling about Xenoblade Chronicles 2? Yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, like I know a lot of people are thrown out because they're saying, hey, what about Xenoblade Chronicles X? And, I, and in the review, I kind of made a distinction, like think about it more like in terms of like the Mega Man and the Mega Man X series, where like, you know, every, every, both are kind of go for the same thing, but like with obviously in different ways. So like uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is more like in the spirit of the first one, where it's a big, 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 big focus on the story, the characters. It's a, it's a, it's a linear progression, but it tells like an excellent tale. Uh, but I mean, Xenoblade Chronicles X is very. It, it kind of sacrifices like you know the story flow and the care, the the depth of characters for a one big, massive, intricate, in-depth open-world experience. Like uh, just like the exploration that is insane. Um, but this one, you know, is no slouch either. In two, like you know, the the zones are big. Uh, lots of in-depth uh, uh, things to find in there. Very populated with en- enemies. Uh, I came away from it uh, very pleased. Uh, I it took me just under ninety hours to complete the main story. There's like with a good chunk of side quests and exploration done along the way. Uh, it's a long game, uh, you know. So if you're in the mood for like a, a nice long RPG, it, it's it's like that classic JRPG experience. It uh, it hits all all the notes. You know, you have the level up systems. You have like you know the endearing party members. The soundtrack is fucking amazing in it, uh, just much like the first. And uh, it's it's a good improvement over what the uh, two uh, others you know games tried to do. Like you see a lot of the uh improvements just like just even like providing providing like sound settings for like every single thing in the game like there's like like seven sound sliders for different stuff in the game kind of over rectifying in a good way like uh the weird sound uh, sound mixing in x and a little bit of it, of it was in the first one so if you don't like you know like say the battle chatter or like the enemy voices or you want to hear more of the soundtrack seep through above all else you know, you have complete complete control of that. Um, the battle system, which we'll get more into way later on, it's a big overhaul from the first two other games it, because you know you have like this whole relationship between a, dra- a driver, uh, you know, to your party members, you know, fighting in battle, and their blades, you know, which are uh, weapons but also characters as well. Yes. Uh, so you kind of switch between those and uh, just the you know. The I know the the big controversy around like you know, the game's visual style is kind of more cel shaded, more like anime uh, totally. style, you know, because you know the 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 first two games had very on on their illustrations like you know very kind of still cartoonish, still a bit inspired by anime, but, but very more realistic. Uh, think like you know like older Final Fantasy designs, kind of you know it, it's not like what you see like in you know modern shows these days and this and this one resembles uh them more in that line uh, like kind of cutesy and whatnot and i think it it works for the most part because of the cutscenes the cutscenes are very very strong in chronicles 2 like un- unlike the first two were like you know the their cutscenes are like they're there but you know still kind of very robotic 
the va- the faces of course were kind of off uh oh, and yeah, whatnot yeah, yeah you, you know yeah. yeah and and in two they're very expressive the you know lots of body language lots like you see the expressions kind of on the on their on the characters and you know and english voice acting from what i played uh of it because we didn't have the japanese voices available to us uh you know it it still hits like you know the notes that uh xenoblade chronicles one uh did with the like you know the fully european cast uh you know lots of european accents and whatnot uh, so it's still a very unique sounding uh, RPG. So for people who really like that dub uh, will enjoy this one. But uh, the, the neat thing is you can also download the Japanese voices for free on the Nintendo eShop. Uh, you know, so you know if it, I think I think it's like around 800 megabytes. Just you know, be wary of like the your your space on the Switch. Uh, but it's a. Uh, there's smart improvements all around it. I gave it a nine on my review. I have very, of course, very glowing things to say about it. And but at the same time, it's a it's a monolith soft game. It's a very very ambitious game, so it it has very high highs, but it also has, you, you know, its share of flaws as well, uh, like the technical performance on the Switch. It, it, it like it, they're it, I'm not saying they're really pushing the limits of the Switch because it's hard to tell what the limits of the Switch are at the moment. It, like unlike Xenoblade uh, Chronicles One and X, uh, they both released like late into the life cycles of the Wii and the Wii U. Um, this one, of course, comes out very, very early in the Switch's life cycle, not even a year in. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. And a, a worldwide simultaneous release to boot. You know, I, I kind of, I kind of left. Uh, I was kind of wondering, like, you know, if I, like an additional like three months of development or something would have helped with the technical yeah. issues on it. It's crazy because uh, you think about. I'm sorry, I cut you off. It's just mm-hmm, crazy. Yeah. I just want to just on one line saying it's for crazy sure. that it came out in 2017. Yeah. We were we were all dead sets like no this is getting delayed in 2018 yeah. you know like there's no way but uh, you you can tell that like deadlines had to be met uh, yeah. de- definitely when you're like fast traveling in the world it like like the first few seconds you you literally see like uh, assets still loading in. in yeah textures popping in in some cases you won't even see like the floor at all until like it appears like a second later like you just yeah. see clipping everywhere. Like, it's telling that when that happens, the system actually prevents you from taking a screenshot. Yeah, like the the, the switch screenshot. Yeah, but like I, I took a few screenshots on on my end, just like how it looks without textures and what looks fully textured and whatnot. It's uh, it's crazy, you know, because like you when you think about modern video games, like no, everyone tries to avoid that problem no matter what. Oh, and yeah. modern is just like we're gonna eat this, we're gonna do it, just. Bugged, you know, and, and they, they did it all at the expense of very quick loading times because you know, Switch is like a lot of people use Switch as a handheld, so um, you, the, the last thing you want on a handheld game is like 10 seconds of loading or and such. Were you gonna say something, James? Yeah, speaking of that, I think that's a good segue to uh performance in general. Well, yeah. how much of the game did you play in handheld mode? Yeah, I, I played maybe six, seven hours of the game in total. Okay, in mode. I'll so, say that. I haven't played too much of the game in handheld mode, like maybe an hour or an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. But one thing I will say is that the handheld mode performance as of right now leaves a lot to be desired. It yeah. looks like it the 3DS works. version is what I see. Yeah, yeah, it works, but it's serviceable. Shadows, take a, yeah. shadows take a huge hit. The resolution itself is fine, but they need to get rid of that sharpening filter. It is very noticeable, and it gives me headaches. Someone just posted a picture, actually. Uh, speaking of which, just like right now, they posted the comparison between docked and undocked, and yeah, you can really tell. Mm-hmm. How about Perfect you, Brian? Did I mean, you, I, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, let's let's hear from Brian. Actually, I'm curious. Like uh, now that we've got an idea of one, Josh, because obviously you've got your view up on the set, we can yep. find it. I know Brian, mm-hmm. you uh, posted on Resetera. Uh, I say Resetera, Reset Era. I don't know. Uh, I really like that actually. Resetera. That it makes it fancier. Um, it's uh, you shared your thoughts on there. Obviously, we're going to hear a lot about this during our game of the year discussions. But I'm very interested to hear uh, now, like what your opinion has been about this experience, kind of like in line with what uh, the way Josh presented it. Uh, just give your basic feelings: what's positive, what was negative, anything like that, because it seems like you've gotten a pretty good idea of what it is because you've been playing a lot of it. Okay, so uh, I think the game is good, bordering on great. Um, I loved the first Xenoblade Chronicles. And I, I personally think that this one falls short. I think it does the same things that Xenoblade 1 does well, really well. It's got a great story. It's got a, you know, a fantastic music, great gameplay, great exploration, great progression. It's got tons of interlocking systems where like you have so much variety in how you approach the game. Like, who do I want to tank? Who do I want to heal? What blades do I want to use? And I could, I could make a bolted list of all these things you have control over, pouch items, equipment, cores, uh, affinity, you know. And I just love those sorts of systems where you can just manipulate it and get your fingers in there. And the, the game does all of that really well. It's just astounding. But I start thinking, like, well, I don't like this thing. It's not a big deal, but I don't like it. And I don't like this thing either. And like I started thinking about all these little things that kind of individually, and I'll and I'll I'll, I'll yeah. detail these. Yeah. Um, individually, these little things where it's like that's not a big deal, I guess. But then like, man, that's a long list. Yeah, it, so it, it, it starts adding up for sure. So I, some of the, some of them fall under the umbrella of quality of life. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking uh, like the Merc missions, which are missions where you send your blades off to do. Uh, little tasks to to gather items, gain experience. It's a nice thing to do when you you can only equip so many, so you send the rest off to do these little quests to you know unlock new side quests and to level them up. But in order to do it, you've got to like go through this menu and okay, I have to find one with a mega lance, so I have to sort by weapon and then find it. And then I gotta I have to have two that are wind uh, wind based, so I have to sort by element, find those two to decide which two to send. And then when you go to send them, there, there's a few cuts, not cutscenes, but like little UI prompts that you can't skip through. And like, okay, that's a little niggling, but it's not a big deal, you know. And then I look at uh, opening the, you know, unlocking using the gotcha system for the for the blades. Uh, in order to to do it, you have to assign your core to a driver. Um, before you know what the blade is. So you you take a core crystal, you select a driver and open it. I'm like, okay, I, I revealed a, uh, a healing blade. Well, that's nice, but I ended up getting it on Rex and I want, uh, he, I'm want i not sure he's going to get a lot of use out of it because I don't plan on running him as a healer. Um, so that's just kind of like, a, that's not a big deal. Eventually the game does allow you to like switch, switch blades around, but it in, involves rare items. And it's just kind of like, ah, I'm not sure I enjoy that limitation. And then... Uh, the cutscene for unlocking those blades, you can only skip like the second half of it and not the first half. In which, when you have 30 or more common cores and you want to kind of blitz them out to see if you got any rares, it just you end up doing it while making dinner or watching TV or, or <laughs> yeah, doing something else. You yeah, kind of have honestly, to, yeah. you, you kind of have to entertain yourself. It, it's ridiculous because, yeah. like, unlike like most mobile games that have like this currency system, you can have to go roll for characters and whatnot, like in Fire Emblem Heroes or in Fate Grand Order. Like they let you like bundle uh, bundle them together, right? Like you open five at once or ten at once. And, and this one, you had to go through each core crystal one at a time. There's never a time where you can like 
do like five at once and then like the the opening animation is kind of it takes long because you you put you put up a core it shines for like a good five seconds and then you you're it cycles through these three silhouettes and you always get the third silhouette it's a gotcha then, game yeah but but then like it tantalizes you know of like of the first two like i'm sure you'll see like a, a rare blade silhouette in the first two but you just missed it Aww. here's your here's your here's your generic <laughs> common blade but there's like there's like a repetitive process like the even even the process of obtaining an opening a crystal and then seeing the blade that comes out of it takes like 10 12 seconds that like just rough estimate but then you multiply that by like say you have like 30 common core crystals that's just like lying there it's like well shit i guess i'll open like 15 or these and like right now and then and then let me let me let me illustrate another possible thing that happened more than once you can Mm -hmm. only hold so many blades at a time you upgrade this but let's say i'm uh eight away from the limit i can only hold eight more blades and i've got 30 core crystals so i open eight and I don't like any of them. So I go into a different menu to throw them away, basically release them one by one. And then I go back to the core crystal menu and then I open up eight more and I don't like any of them. Or maybe I like one of them. Then I go back to the other menu and say, OK, let me throw away seven and maybe look around and see if there's any others I want to throw away. And then I jump back to the blade on opening menu to open seven or eight more. You see what I mean? Or just oh, there's, there's weird like like in, in a lot of ways, there's like a outside of this there's like good quality of life things like you know with side quests like you know being clearly marked you, like the, the, the quest log ui it takes like a snapshot of like the quest givers so you always know where they are along with like an icon by them it's like oh that's neat you know like that that's really cool or like how you can how all the experience you gain uh, or rewarded from quests are like pulled to this bonus experience pool where you can cash in to like level up at an inn kind of similar to like what final fantasy 15 does except for side quests so if like if you're the type of player that doesn't want to get over leveled on the main quest you can hold off on like leveling up because when you level up also to then you can like ch- like actually choose how many levels you want to go up based on how much bonus experience you have on those characters and like for late party members that join in you can cash in all those bonus uh, experience points that you got from the beginning of the game on them as well, so they're not like gimped or anything. So like that's a cool quality of life thing. But then you have like these other things like the gotcha system and how that works. That's just like a big oversight of it. That like it 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 doesn't seem that much at first until you get like many many hours into it, and then you're just like, oh, oh that's so oh, arduous. Is that is yeah. that one of the big? I mean, besides the technical problems, would you say like that? It's like an example of the game like really making things arduous when it did yeah yeah definitely i that's definitely one of like the the big points that i made in my review that like you know like that there's a big problem with it uh along with you know it's a, once again a little like minor thing that seems minor at first until it uh adds up it's like there's these little environmental puzzles that like say there's like this uh airflow uh, in the environment like high jump to a, a place to get this chest um so how this works is all your blades have field skills. These could be like water mastery or lock picking or, you know, and whatnot. So for usually for these airflows, you need like leaping and water and wind mastery. And so you can uh, interact with it to see, okay, do I have these field skills uh, to do I have like level two uh, wind mastery and level three leaping uh, to activate this uh, high jump. And then you see, you notice it's like, oh man, I'm like one level off of each. But uh, no one blade, uh, like you know, will usually accommodate for like uh, these environmental puzzles. So how it works is like, what el- it takes in the field skills of all the blades that you have equipped, and then that those are the only ones that are uh, that are like filtered into that uh, activation point. So I can say, so say I can get like two equip two blades 
and have two level one win masteries to fulfill that level two thing and then like two blades again there's like a level two like leaping and level one leaping and then activate it again so i can activate that so you like you have to constantly like funnel in uh and uh, equip new blades to uh, get their field skills to activate that then once you do that you obviously want your combat blades, so you have to go back to the menu and then swap in all your uh, uh, blades again for like in case there's a combat scenario uh, and whatnot. And this will this will happen again and again and again and again because you obviously doing those environmental puzzles will lead to like goodies and whatnot. And it's just weird that like when you activate that, it doesn't it doesn't accommodate for like your entire blade inventory for those field skills. You have to manually like equip them first for it to like notice that you have the proper field skills oh and my it, gosh it, that's tedious yeah yeah it's it, it it's a weird weird thing it's it, like it you have a lot of good answers to, mm-hmm. sorry sorry to cut you Go off but it. like this is kind of a very specific case that happened yeah. to me where sometimes these niggling issues compound where it's like well i need six wind mastery but i can't get there because it just so happens that by chance most of my wind uh mastery blades are on rex and i can't unequip pyra so I can equip two wins there. So now I have to either use a rare item, a very rare item, to transfer one of his uh, wind master one one of his wind blades to another character, waste a waste it just for that, or open up cores on another character and hope it's wind, and then also hope um, that I don't get a rare blade on that other character that I would rather prefer be on someone else. You know what I mean? Where <laughs> yeah. these things can compound up, where it's like individually they're all like, nah, not a big deal, not a big deal. But then, like you, these things just kind of happen. You're like, man, I think I think this could be done a little differently. Yeah, I, I feel I feel like down the line they're gonna start like patching in quality of life improvements yeah, because that makes sense. Uh, what, what yeah. Ryan and I noticed is the the day before it came out, like late at night, they had this 1.01 or 1.1 patch or whatever, um, which like, oh, okay, they added an events theater, which uh, lets us view past cutscenes. That's really cool because when you go into it, you can actually view past cutscenes with a different time of day and in some cases different weather conditions. And like, wow, that's awesome. But I wonder if this added anything else. So I go into the game and I go like through the uh, mercenary group screen or like or like the transferring blade screen and whatnot. Um, and I see that like all the icons, like who that blade is assigned to, what their weapon is, what their element is, is all right there, ready to go, just displayed all at once. Before that patch, you had to cycle uh, between those three or three or four icons individually. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. So, so so, Brian and I's most of our experience was um, instead of ha- ha- having all that displayed at once, we had to like press this button that says, oh, display only element or display only weapon type or display only this, you know, instead of having it all at once. And that was like, that, that was driving us insane too, you know? I want to hope that down the line for the field puzzles, they just look to see if any of the blades you have in your possession will line up for that and they'll force so. you to equip them because that, yeah. the, there's the, no the, good the, reason why. Yeah, the think. only thing, the only indication you know what these things like require is if you go to the, the fast travel screen, like the map, uh, on that fast travel screen, but if you use your uh, right stick to like hover over their icons, you'll see what their requirements are. But the, not necessarily if you have those requirements, just what they require, you know. Um, and that that's also leads to another like you know weird quality of life issue. That, like once again, this this game is like on the brink of being really really amazing. Like uh, like you know I I its pros are really really strong, but. There's just so many things that like, minor things that add up. Like the map, like the map is fucking useless. Like you, you can, you can make it, 
you can make it disappear. You can make, you can have like a little mini map screen at the top right, or you can like uh, expand it out to have like this transparent map on the screen, like that covers Diablo more of the style. range of where you're at. Uh-huh, yeah, Diablo style. But there's no like way to like show the entire uh, map of the region that you're in, so you can like quickly see. Oh, okay, I need to go in that direction, but that's farther out. You have to go to the fast travel screen and like check the entire map's region again to see am I am I facing the right direction to go to this uh, thing. Because some because some like side quest things or some NPCs are not like marked specifically. And you know, keep in mind that when you go to the fast travel screen, you're only seeing the map kind of zoomed out. So it's like you're only seeing it, it. You see the whole map, but it's very tiny, so you can't really see, especially on some maps where there's a lot of verticality, like some of those small things that you might be looking mm-hmm. for. Yeah. And. Coming from Xenoblade 1, where the map system was way, way better, it's just such a step backward, and that needs to be fixed in the patch. Yeah, yeah. I do want to comment, though, that the skip travel is one of the things that, outside of the map issue, in general, the skip travel is definitely very quality-of-life friendly. And I think it was the GameSpot review that really, like, hammered this down, where it's like, the game doesn't care if you're uh, currently, you know, behind bars or in jail you can just skip travel out of there like you can literally <laughs> skip travel yeah. anywhere and actually something happened to something happened to me um at a part where you get the the fourth party member um you go into a battle and i lost like my, my first try so it set me up as a checkpoint right before that battle with this party member and you could skip travel around like i kind of stole the party member from this event <laughs> and now i could skip travel anywhere oh, with that's them. funny yeah uh, without having completed that fight like you can skip travel whenever the hell you want and it's wherever the hell you want and it's nice like oh you're in the middle of a dungeon and you ran out of your favorite pouch item just go wherever and go get it and come back like that that is one thing where it is very quality of life friendly yeah so i just i I want i want to introduce that for balance but i it's a it but i but i really like when this came and i hope like future xeno games like take cues from this is i think it really nailed the the combat system in this game there's just the, the once you get like the you, it has a slow beginning on like learning it so a lot of people are still kind of like kind of wrapping their head around it of like okay this seems kind of slow this seems kind of like kind of I, I don't know if i like that the, the flow of it yet but once you start unlocking attributes to like uh, have your your skills immediately available and then start like canceling into them it really really uh improves the pace of the combat system because how, how the combat system works real briefly is um your, your characters obviously auto attack but they can no longer auto attack while you're moving on like previous xenoblade games so they really can make you commit to a position each hit of the auto attack starts charging up your skills so like you know normally your skills will no, won't be available at the start and then once you activate a skill one of these three skills it'll start feeding into a, another fourth skill like an elemental skill uh that you you can fire off, and each uh, each blade uh, has a different set of skills depending on who wields them. So, like Rex, for example, his great axe move set um, allows him to like launch enemies up in the air. But if you but uh, Nia's uh, a great axe move set doesn't have launching, but it does like extra damage to like this weapon uh, or this enemy type and whatnot. So it's all it's all different per, per person. So you you do that, you activate the elemental skill. And say I, I cast fire on it, and now you'll have like uh, this bar that uh, shows up by its health. And it's kind of like on a timer, and you see like this weird tree on the on the uh, top right hand corner of the screen. It just has like a lot of these elemental icons. And at first, it's it's not the most elegant way to to to, to, to present it. Like Brian and I were talking about this 
uh, very heavily on how to actually read this tree, right? Like you read it left to right, and like from this fire spell that you cast, it's either branching out to another fire icon or another or, or, or a light icon, or it, it, no, it's a water icon. And uh, so what that tells uh, you is, okay, in order to continue this uh, little elemental com- combo that I have, I need to cast fire again. But it's not really apparent that yet. You have to cast like the second tier of fire. So after you charge like the first fire uh, again, yeah, don't fire it off right away. You want to charge a second charge of it to get like fear uh, fire like from the Final Fantasy series. And you know, then mm-hmm. I actually never had any issues with understanding that because it felt like the tutorial at the very beginning kind of pounded into your head that if you wanted to continue to combo, it was like first step level one, second step level two, third step level three, and it made sense. Pretty yeah, it, it made it made it made sense to me, but like you know, a lot of people like uh, like. That it's like a it, it's a weird thing to like kind of wrap your head around like if you've never kind of seen that or that kind of system before. Well, I'll say the thing that confused mm-hmm. me most was the naming because mm-hmm. all of the specials have a name. If you go into the blade menu and look at their specials, they all have names one yep. through four. But then like these combo elementals also have names. So I don't have it in front of me. Maybe I should. It's but a... Pyra, Pyra's level one special. I don't know what it's called, but I know that the level one fire combo is just called heat. <laughs> so like the, co- the, co- the combo is called heat, but the special is called something else. And then I think the level two special is called like uh, heat wave or something like that. And I know the level she three. Says is... heat, she says she says heat wave. But I think it's like like something severance or something oh, and on. i know and i, I, and I know that, and i know and i know level three the number the level three combo is called blazing uh, end yeah oh, or no God. i think the second one's explosion but like these combo elemental names are not the same as the special names yeah so like so to to do the level three fire blazing end you've got to do pyra's level three fire special called something else. mega explosion yeah. Mega explosion. Like, that's kind of the thing that happens. You, so you'll so when you do a, a blade combo, and maybe we'll do a video or a guide on this yeah. or something. You'll do Pyra's level three special, and it'll do its damage. And then after that, you'll see the explosion from the actual elemental combo. So it's like two chunks of damage, and that's why there's two names. So, and, so you, know, once, you yeah. have to you have to see it a few times before yeah. you fully get it. So, so once you yeah, once you complete this route in this branching tree, right? So like, of course, there's like your standard like. Uh, for example, I'll just use the fire one, fire two, and fire three. So after you activate that fire three for the mega explosion thing, uh, like these elemental or- uh, fire elemental orbs starts revolving around the enemy. So it's like, okay, this is a weird thing. What the hell are these orbs all about? So that becomes really important later on because that's actually how you like you do a lot, a lot of damage to like very healthy enemies because you know a good chunk of big enemies and named monsters in this game have a lot of health and like only rely on like auto attacks and uh, your little skills won't do a lot of damage. It'll take what many, many hours many hours to, to to beat these things right so the, these orbs once you start stacking like these elemental orbs on it doing these different elemental uh combos with different elements at the end like say i stack like a fire water dark and earth orb on this thing uh you'll have this um party Same gauge impact. at the top yep you'll have this party gauge at the top split into three uh, you can use one of those, uh, expend one of those if like a party member falls down in battle, like uh, you know, revive them, or uh, have all three of them filled up and then start this chain attack. And chain attack is like you know your ultimate special now. So say the these orbs are floating around while you while you activate it, you'll see their icons pop up on screen. And what you have to do is you want to break them because your your three party members will take turns like whacking on the enemy and if you want another rotation of that you got to break these orbs so how you break these orbs is whacking the, the opposing element 
of of what you of what you want to break. So say I want to break that fire orb. I want I have to back it with a, a water orb, uh, like three times or no two times because normally it would take three for if it was any other element. So two times and then you break this orb and then re, uh, rotate again. I want to break this fire orb. Uh, or I mean, a uh, water orb. Use fire on it, and then break that. Rotate, rotate again. So, and as you as you're doing this, you gain damage multipliers for each rotation. And then, if you have enough orbs, like fill up this other new gauge that like takes the place of the party gauge. If you fill that all up, you have this full burst attack that does a shitload of damage and will basically kill anything that like it comes in contact with. And that that's like the 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 very very basic flow of combat, like in general. And it sounds like. Super front loaded and complicated than in audio only, and I totally don't blame anyone. It's like, man, this sounds crazy and as fuck. It's a lot more intuitive once you start getting into it, and I feel like the game overall does a good job of easing you into it. Like, one thing I do want to mention that really stood out to me as being interesting is how eventually, like, pretty early on, you get the ability to equip more than one blade per character, the exception being Poppy with uh, Tora. Mm-hmm. So, what you want to do is um, you'll notice that at the beginning of the battle, the um, blade that you have equipped to your first slot will be instantly available, but then your other blades won't be available from the get-go. One thing to know, though, is that once they are available and you switch to them, all of your um, uh, attacks for that blade are going to be instantly charged up. Yeah. So one thing you might want to do is, okay, so you want to do you want to add in an ice orb, you're on the last rotation, but you're pretty low on your combo multiplier, multiplier, so you could do a few things. You could try and topple them to give you more time because then that'll momentarily stop the uh, um, combo meter from counting down. Or you can uh, do a few attacks with your like fire blade and then instantly change to another blade, do combos there to build up the combo, the uh, blade art gauge on, um, for your uh, character and then switch to the ice guy you'll be basically already ready to pull off your um, level three or whatever attack. Mm -hmm. And so it's a bit, there's a lot at any given time when you're, when you're fighting, there's a bunch of different things to to consider. And I really like that. It's very fast paced. It's turn based and there's a lot of things to consider, but it never feels like it's dragging along, especially once you start getting going and it feels really dynamic. It's really fun. Obviously I've, just kind of scratched i finished up the tutorials but i'm i haven't unlocked my third blade slot for my uh, my party but it's really starting to get to the point where i'm starting where i'm seeing the combat system kind of open up and it's really really fun it's a it's a bit like crazy like how much of the feedback they took from x into this because if you if you played x the the tutorials in that are notoriously bad it's it's like if you want to get if you want to start understanding X, like the surface of X, you literally have to like open up the Wii U digital manual for it and like yeah, teach yourself that. the teach yourself these things because the game will won't teach you half of like what's you know like the battle features in that game and like the flow of it and whatnot. Like the the game will be like okay, there's like a few buttons. There's like what you do when you press the button. Uh, see ya. And it's like uh, okay, all right, I, cool. <laughs> well, let's go. I actually want to bring up something because mm-hmm. there's actually one of the. Uh, bigger controversies so quote-unquote before the game came out was the user interface during combat Uh, speaking because we're talking about combat I I feel like in the need to bring that up Um, so obviously James of course you're just a little bit into it Uh, Brian and Josh you've been uh, playing uh, a lot of it so I just wanted to know like when it came to the battle user interface did that ever really get in the way or did it kind of like you got kind of ignored it after a while 
I um, feel like it's actually pretty good once you're in the action, so to speak. Yeah. I feel like it tells you everything you need to know. Like, um, if, for example, if you're waiting for another party member's um, blade arts level to level up, you can actually take a look at them, like on the sides, and you'll see based off of how many white um, dots are rotating around their portrait, you you can instantly know. Okay, here's how close they are to. Uh, the level of blader I need before I call on them and stuff like that. And that's that's useful for knowing, do I want to do this special or is my party member about to do it? So that's useful information. So in that way, the UI tells you the information you need to know. The only weakness I think is I think that the blade combo part of the UI in the upper right is not very intuitive. Once you know how to read it, it makes sense, but I feel like it could have been designed differently. Um, it's it's supposed to read like a tree like you do this first and then these two things second and then these two things third but i don't think i think it could be clear but everything else about the ui is is good i think yeah yeah and even like then it, that thing with the nitpick sorry sorry yeah it's fine um uh i just wanted to say that like it it looks overwhelming at first and you know i, I can understand like people who like aren't used to like you know like the ui right away like it, it looks like a lot of overwhelming information, but every part of that UI is kind of, it's very, first, it's all very helpful. Like you'll need every part of that UI. You'll be looking at every part of that UI uh, to, for battle. But it also, the way they, they kind of map the controls to the Joy-Cons and that game is very smart. You know, just like having the, the, the three skills uh, mapped out to like, you know, the, the D-pad and, the, and your buttons on it mm-hmm. uh, along with the, and of course, like having the right button always be, the the elemental special so you don't have to like go looking for it and also if you need if you need your, your characters to target the same character that you are because all you need to be targeting the same thing to do a blade elemental combo uh that's always mapped on the left side on the d-pad so that's the that's the the one thing and i, I kind of wish is it, i know be, what you're gonna it, say it'd be yeah. adding a, it'd be adding a very difficult layer of, shadow, of weight like strategy to on it is like for some way for me to like take control of someone very temporarily just for them to switch onto the right blade and like get to the combo that I want, you know? It, it's uh, because the, the one, the only command that you can give to your party members is, hey, target the same thing, yeah, I am, and that's it. And then, I mean, they, they, they will they usually um, yeah. swap to a blade uh, that can continue the combo, but if they have multiple and you want them to pick a certain one, that yeah. you have no control. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that it's, sounds it's a, it's a weird, it actually is. It it, yeah. it actually is. It, it's a weird dancing around of like your party members, right? Because a lot of people's how you're gonna build your party member uh, party in this game eventually is like you're gonna be trying to balance out everyone's roles. Of, of course, like do I want two tanks or one healer or go one of each, one one tank, one attacker, one healer? And like and then you'll have to start thinking about okay, what elements of blades do I want on these? Because I want I want all of them to uh, like be flexible enough to uh reach the end of these elemental blade combos easily and quickly so I can uh, put orbs on enemies as fast as I can. But also in the chain attack, I want them to be able to reliably break orbs uh, uh, as the chain attack goes on. And th- that's kind of the the weird, like, uh, obviously the meta strategy on how, how you'll be building your parties. And, and of course, things get a bit more tricky, like with the, with the gacha uh, loot box system that we kind of mentioned earlier is... Um, everyone will have to work with what they deal with. So you might have party members that like have like, you know, two blade rare blades that uh, have the same element, 
Uh, or like as they're starting one. Or do, should I use this like rare item called? It's called the Overdrive pro- Protocol, and you get like maybe like four to five through like the entire game at max. Maybe I haven't fi- found a way at this moment to like get any more really? or farm them. Um, I've been getting a lot of them actually. Overdrive like, think, protocols. Yeah. What? I think, <laughs> they're, the patch? I think they're a bit of a random drop or something. Cause... What the. F- He's got the, he's got maybe, the gotcha, maybe, man. Maybe, some, you can actually get some from salvaging, I think. I've never seen them salvaging. Oh like, I, I have pretty regularly <laughs> salvaged most of the areas because I'm trying to get my salvager rank up, just another progression thing in the game. And I don't think I could get them. I wonder if they tweaked rates or something. Oh, man. Maybe. We're going to oh. have to talk after this podcast. <laughs> well, the thing I want to mention is just that it's it must be maddening for Mal and the Soft. Because if you think about it, Xenoblade Chronicles... It was on the Wii, obviously, and so they could just they had to focus on designing a game around the interface of the of the console screen. And this was like the Wii wasn't quite uh, HD, of course. It was like you know, they had to design out the like the Wii that too. And, and so uh, yeah, I, I'm sure you're like you're getting where I'm I'm going with this is that mm-hmm. on the Wii U, uh, obviously they can now start to offload a lot of the stuff onto the tablet, and you know, be able to work with that. And far as the design, not everything is going to be on screen for you to have to deal with. You can some sometimes just look at the screen to find updates on your characters and all these things. Now they have to work with the idea of putting it all the way back on the screen. So now they're going like from the peak of like design shoving it back on the screen and having to work around those boundaries once again i can only imagine how somewhat challenging that can be when you're talking about an open world game that they went to like kind of the edge with zoom chronicles cross obviously we'll find out in the future if they're able to make another one for the switch um what they're going to be able to do with that but uh, i can only imagine what they're going through oh yeah it's 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 insane especially with the the their the the weird thing that came out of this too, like around Xenoblade 2's uh, time, is the they had, they put up an interview or something. I think it was Takahashi, the game's director, that they were interviewing, uh, expressing interest on wanting to like uh, port over Xenoblade Chronicles X to the Switch. I'm just yeah. thinking, wow, that's that, that, that you'd be. You'd have to redesign the so many things. The map feature, the map feature was the best part, and now yeah, it might not be there. You'd have to redesign so many things about that because the big thing about playing Xenoblade Chronicles X on the Wii U gamepad was you could not, you need like a magnifying glass to like read the game at times because the text was so small on oh, it. Oh, that's right, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. and it's just along with the map the feature, of course, on it. It's just that if they so do it, good. I'd be super interested. That was to see so how good. They the the fast yeah. travel system in that game was so damn well made, and like mm-hmm. that was like the, one of the probably that's probably the best implementation of the wii u tablet of any game because it was so intuitive yeah. and so easy to figure out uh I've, i haven't played xenobate chronicles uh 2 of course so i don't know anything about how it, it's implemented here is it kind of like the same way just done with the controller input is that how it works yeah it's just uh, to, to do the, the, the fast travel you just you find like these viewpoints and landmarks and whatnot yeah. and then you just with a with a with, with a button you go to this fast travel screen go to the uh, region and then pick one of the landmark points and it's it's very very fast uh, once you get used to it. it, it it's a bit, uh, it's a bit front loaded in the sense that like, um, if you don't know exactly which province you want to go to, like where where you want to go, you have to like click on the region first before it shows all the all the places you want to fast travel to. It's not like readily available. You have to like do one or two more additional inputs before you want to where you want to go. Other than that, it's it's very quick. So. And it's, just it's not, like, not too bad. Just like Cross, uh, Zubai Chronicles X, you can fast travel at almost any point. And so, like yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Brian was talking about, going from the jail cell. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm curious to see like um, 
where exactly they'll go with this. Like, as you said before, Josh, uh, this is early Switch, of course, so yeah. they haven't really taken the chance. It's interesting because, obviously, I'm already seeing you know complaints about the visuals, but when you think about it, this is going back to something I talked about before uh, uh-huh. in a long time ago in, a, in another podcast. It's that it's always interesting to see what developers are able to do when they're limited uh, based yeah. on their technical uh, limitations and things like that uh, based on the hardware that they have. Uh, for a long time now, Bonasoft has been kind of restricted. Even going back to PlayStation 2, because if you think about it, that was weaker than the Xbox. And so you're talking about they were restricted a little bit compared to what they could have done. Not a lot, obviously, compared to the Xbox at that time. And then you're going into the Wii, you know, and then the Wii U, and now the Switch. We're talking about uh, le- the the probably the least uh, technical, uh, the, the least spec system a- across the generation. Which doesn't mean a whole lot, it feels like, anymore as it used to, because, uh, you know, it, it just depends on the games that you have. Um, and it makes me wonder uh, what they're able to do with that. But it makes things kind of exciting, you know, what yeah. they're able to do. Because even Breath of the Wild was really impressive for something that uh, it's using like a, uh, it's kind of like a tablet hardware kind of thing. I mean, obviously, it's more impressive than any real tablet you can find, but it's using like a Tegra in it. So it's kind of mm-hmm. crazy to think about. Yeah, but... but, but... Even even beyond like the the hardware that they're using, like yeah. Monolith Soft, you can see them trying to, as much as possible to like avoid what happened with the Xenosaga series on the PS2. Oh. Well, you know, pretty good games. Like you know, they wanted it to be a six part series. Obviously, they couldn't get there. Uh, just you know, oh, as time went on. Sorry. Gonna... Yeah, yeah. It's just like, it, it, but but you know, the Xenoblade series, like all, all these entries are are kind of full complete stories x you know obviously had a cliffhanger at the end of that yeah but uh but you know xenoblade create chronicles one and two there, there's a reason of course why it is called chronicles two but uh, for the most part it's like it, it's a complete story it, it tells its tale uh, it's easy to follow it's gorgeous uh gorgeously presented oh, yeah. but 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 they're, they're not trying to do like what they tried to do in xenosaga one where it's oh. like no we're gonna we're gonna go for it we're gonna plan like an you eight bring part that up, and then i think about <laughs> i think about two and the change in art style yeah. and then like mm-hmm. is that i mean obviously it's not as abrupt as it was between one and two when you go from uh x to uh two of course but uh, just the idea that i wonder if it seems like Ballasoft is still yet to really figure out the art style that they want to define their I think, games I, by. I, yeah, I, I think I, I know a lot of people will disagree, but I think they've hit their stride with this because the cutscenes are that damn good in it. Good. Uh, uh, one, this this reminds me of a point that someone made up earlier. I do think that the cutscenes here are very cleverly directed. With there are almost I don't want to say they're shot like movies because I really don't understand how movies are shot, but sure. they're shot in a way where they're. Where they're, they're, it's done creatively. It's not just like a camera panning left or a camera panning right. It's it's done in a way where you're you're engaged. Uh, and I, I, I just want to say that I do think that that was a strength of the original Xenoblade as well. Mm-hmm. It, it might it might it might be improved upon further with a better with just more graphical fidelity in general. But I just I just think that that's a strength of the, of the series is the testing yeah. direction. That's actually, Especially. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I just want to uh, expand, like saying it's a very active camera. Like you're never, you're never at one still scene for too long, unless it's like it's meaningful, like maybe a flashback or something. Expository. Yeah, exactly. But like when it comes to like, especially like a battle choreography and the sequences, and just above, like you know, the camera work in those and with interesting shots, just the the animation quality is so fluid and it's so intricate and elaborate nice. and. It, it's 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 kind of insane like that they were able to manage this 
Oh it's yeah, actually, it's actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to just briefly mention the point that um, on that same note, uh, I do want you to talk, Jim, of course, because you know way more about this. But I just want to quickly mention that uh, one of the coolest features that I heard about was the fact that you could go back and watch those scenes again and change like the weather and change the yeah. audio from English to the Japanese. Event, yeah. The event theater patch that I was testing. Yep, That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Sorry, James, yeah. you go um, ahead. Yeah. Um, first off, I want to say I did just double check, and I actually only have two overdrive protocols that, right now, so oh, it so. probably hasn't Let changed. me down, James. Yeah, James, <laughs> I'm so liar. sorry. <laughs> it's um, okay. Second thing, did we talk about the lip flaps and lip syncing? Oh, yeah. no, no. I heard, yeah, I, yeah. Someone just complained on my Twitter account, on Twitter feed about that. So, so the weird the thing is... doesn't exist. Yeah, the, the both, both, uh, I heard from this from, from a uh, friend who's playing in Japanese. He's like, yeah, they're still very, like, you know bad lip syncing in the oh, Japanese why? version too. Why? So just like both English and Japanese tracks, like it seems like the lip sync just totally offer them for weird reasons. And that's the that's that's like an issue that came up with Horizon, so it's not really a technical like a hardware issue cuz like even Horizon Zero Dawn had that potential issue before they patched it. So do you think that they'll From, patch from what I can tell, so it's not like it's not like fish lips, like old PS2 where the mouth is open or closed. <laughs> like Saga, but it, no. it, it's kind of like I don't know what the technology's called, but I think of the first, like the early, not early, but the Bioware games around the time of Knights of the Old Republic, oh, where yeah. they're not really, the lips aren't really saying anything, but they kind of, they there's some sort of uh, it's like canned animation parameter. There. Yeah, there's some there's some sort of algorithm there where there's like a close match. But Syllables. not it's it's a little worse than that. I would I would say the quote unquote lip sync for Knights Old Republic <laughs> is better than Xenoblade. Wow. And to me, it's oh, it's man. one of the, it's yeah. it's one of those things where it's like I don't think it's that important of a deal, but it's constant, it's persistent, and you will always be reminded of it. Yep. Um, I have and, a feeling that that's going to be one of the first things that gets patched. I do not see them leaving that as it is, especially since they're doing the whole expansion DLC, it, and it's it obvious would, that to a certain extent. Well, to a pretty large extent that this game was rushed. A yeah, I wonder bit. if it's just like Mass Effect Andromeda, that they, they it messes up during the development that caused like the lip sync to be thrown off because they didn't know exactly what they wanted to do with the way that the presentation was made. I, I'm very just they like they, they start patching like the, the big quality of life change uh, improvements that we're mentioning. Oh <laughs> here. It's my like, gosh. I'm, that, I'm, that, and while, we're, and while we're speaking about lip flaps, I guess we should speak about dubs. Mm-hmm. I, um, and I, I guess my take is that I kind of elaborated on this on my post on the on the reset era forum is that I think that the actors are doing a quality job like I don't I don't see something and say like oh that's a complete miscast or oh that's just a bad actor wow but I feel like a lot of the times the direction is kind of like that that's how they decided to read that line that's kind of yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a scene there's a scene later in the game and I'll be vague where Pyra is in danger and Rex shouts Pyra but Pyro's like right next to him like it's almost like, like <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost like the 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 voice actor knew like okay this is a scene of distress shout her name but didn't really know like what the proximity of the characters to each other was so it's just kind of like point. oh that's that's an interesting reading of that line and there's other lines where they didn't realize it was the last line in a conversation or something or just like i guess it's okay but it's just weird like i feel like the direction that lets it down a bit who are your favorite characters out of that cast brian uh specifically for voice like my favorite character probably like is poppy surprisingly Mm -hmm. Uh, but obviously obviously she speaks like robotically um my favorite va work is probably Hmm. I'll have to think on that one. But Poppy's my favorite character. Uh-huh. How about I, you, James? I, I, oh, sorry. Um, well, I haven't met every character so far, but I am liking Nia's voice actor quite a bit. 
Oh, actually, okay. sorry. I want to. I'm, I'm James. I'm. I'm. I'm sure you're gonna. Uh, Josh, I'm sure you're gonna answer about this. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. what's your take on Cosmos's new voice actor and the way she's presented? Because that's that's. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't. I don't like. I don't like the new. I don't like the. Okay, so first of all, okay, Cosmos from Xenosaga is in this game as a cameo, rare blade. Uh, cat's out of the bag. I got her like yesterday, and I was like super excited. That's awesome. Um, oh, but you know, like uh, she has her original Japanese voice actress, but she has a new English voice, and it's you know obviously it, it doesn't. It's not up to par. Uh, it's serviceable, but it's it's obvious it's way inferior to me than obviously the the voice that I grew up with. Oh, she was great. Uh, I mean, she's naturally she was really good. Yeah, she was. That's uh, awesome. But um, it's you know I I, I hope that. I hope they patch in her original voice actress. No, that's obviously not going to happen. But, um... <laughs> well, that'd be bizarre. They did that. I mean, Ashley Burrish is coming back for a lot. Uh, we didn't mention this. The Life is Strange bonus episode before uh, oh, yeah. before the storm. She's going to be back uh, voicing uh, her character. So that's that's mm-hmm. uh, that's amazing. And actually, um, on that, I'm sorry. I want you to hear for mm-hmm. Joshi your favorite characters first. Oh we me? Oh that. man. Okay, so I think Nia and Morag are my top two, both like characters and their voices. Uh, there, there are some others, but those two just hit very high, high highs for me. That uh, yeah. other characters don't in the story, but they're so all. So I don't, it, it, I don't know my UK accents very well. But is that a Welsh accent that Morag has? Uh, Nia has a Welsh accent. Uh, Morag has a Scottish accent. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I remember when I first was introduced to Morag in the story. It's like I, I see her, and it's like. I kind of can already tell looking at her. I haven't listened to it, but I have a feeling I know what her Japanese voice is going to sound like. And I was like, huh, I wonder how she's going to sound in English. And then she started talking. I'm like, that is not what I envisioned at all. Yeah, it, voice, it grows on you. Like, yeah. yeah, it grows yeah. on you. It's just like, at first I was like, oh, that is, I mean, I think it's great. It, she's probably my second favorite voice actor in the game so far. She might eclipse um, Nia eventually. I'm not sure, but it, it was very interesting when you first meet her. I'm not sure if you felt the same way. It was just like, huh, didn't really expect that. Yeah, I mean, for sure, there, there, there are very, many characters. I was like, oh, okay, that's. It's not. It's not like it's not a miscast. It's like, oh, this is the direction they decided to take this character in English. That's cool. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm, well, I'm all for I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for unique like accents and and this. Kind well, of we don't thing. get to hear these outside of this series, so I hope that Xenoblade in whatever form it continues to exist. Uh, whether it becomes a longer series or has other things like X, like I, I think this flavor of localization is unique and kind of characteristic of the of the game. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's definitely become ingrained with the uh, English fandom that hey, Xenoblade has British voice acting or at least like European voice acting. I feel like if if they weren't going to make this a series staple, they wouldn't have continued with fit with uh, Xenoblade 2. So I feel like the eventual Xenoblade 3, which is going to happen, I'm sure, like yeah. in the next three or four years, they're probably going to continue with this. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And, and you, when you think about like, you know, the development cycle of uh, the Chronicles 2, like they're, they're using the, the X's engine in it. They kind of obviously retooled it. I'm sure there's, there's some, you know, engine like, you know, versions. Uh, version ups uh, going into it, but it's still very much uh, X's engine running it, and th- that's what allowed them to, you know, make for a speedy cycle. Because the reason X took long was they had to accustom, they had to make a new engine for HD development. Yeah, of course. And and then, so, then once they had the uh, engine, it basically took them two and a half, three years to make the game. Do you uh, think yeah. it started as a this uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Two started as a Wii U game before a Switch game, or did you think it was always meant to be? I'm pretty mm. sure it was always meant to be a Switch uh, game. I don't because know. Xenoblade, Xenoblade X was 
basically pretty far into the Wii's life cycle. So I'm pretty sure once they started development on Xenoblade 2 that from the get-go they were like, okay, this well, is going to be a Switch game. Well, let's think about that for a second because the Wii U came out, what, 2012, right? Like that was. Yeah. So when you think about it, though, like, the way the development cycle work, like I feel like it's because of the growing success of the PlayStation Four that they had, and, and the Xbox One, of course, because they were both outpacing the Wii U. That I feel like it was like uh, based on the sales performance that they had to abruptly announce the Switch, of course. But you know, the NX say, was announced. Like a, the Switch is mostly like off-the-shelf parts, kind of like PlayStation Four is. So, and you know, for all the, a lot of the developers, it was like they were all caught off guard about its announcement, and so I wonder, like, if that's the case. Um, I want to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the NX, which was the code name for the uh, Switch, was already kind of hinted at as early as 2015. I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah, I wait, mean... wait, 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 wait a second. Yeah, it was, because I'm seeing a YouTube video from March 20th, 2015, talking about N- Nintendo NX rumors and speculation. Oh, I know, like, Michael Pacto was talking about, like, a Wii U HD or something like that, or whatever the hell that Actually, that's probably just the Wii HD. The fact that they were using the it. NX name by that point basically tells me that, yeah, it was already being discussed and mentioned at that point, so... Well, let's let's go back to another uh, back to that topic we were discussing before about Cosmos. So, obviously, uh, she's a rare blade. Mm-hmm. They're saying about this cup coming like May, I believe, that they're going to have more rare blades. They haven't said exactly what that is, but it's like um, some part of the expansion pass. Yeah, they yeah. have like this twenty dollar expansion pass, I believe. Yeah. So, well, you, I just want to. I'm sorry. Just it's just yeah. a. It's actually it's part of the the same topic. It's that uh, if they decide to use that as an excuse to have like uh, special appearances for characters, is there anyone in particular mm. you would like to see in this game that would appear as a rare blade, whether they're from like. Obviously, you know, Cosmos is from Molosov's library, but, like, uh, just is there, like, a particular character, maybe from, like, Project Cross Zone or something like that, that they had a, like, an appearance of, like, if they oh. showed up as a rare blade? Uh, if, if, you, if you give me, like, any Xenogears character. <laughs> or Ze- oh, my God. Rico? Like, if you give me Ellie or something, it's like, oh, Rico man, is a rare blade would be fucking yeah. hilarious, so. Uh, I could see uh, Fiora in her second form from oh, the first yeah. game, maybe, oh, yeah. because she's kind of semi-mechanical. Like you could, you could kind of design that into a blade, I think. Yeah. So. Definitely... Or they, or they could go for the obvious, like if they really want to go with this, they'll just have Tiellos instead. Oh uh, yeah, that's okay. Maybe Junior, mm-hmm. just randomly. <laughs> uh, James, is there anyone particularly you would like to see? Uh, he, he's not AFK. He said no. I'm, I'm, I'm oh, back. Okay. There you go. Sorry, I didn't see that. Uh, what were you talking about? Sorry. Just uh, uh, in May, they're gonna have rare blades, uh, new rare blades as part of the season pass for Xenoblade Chronicles Two. If they had like another special uh, guest appearance, just like with the Cosmos, uh, is there anyone particular you would like to see? Um, another series. Or... This is a Xenoblade spoiler, but you, you should have played it by now. So, uh, Fiora. Oh, well, I well, said that too. So yeah. we're on the same wavelength. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> uh, spoilers out of the bag, anyway. So that's uh. That's kind of a funny just to think about the, if they could use that as a, we, a way to get other characters into their game like that. Because you didn't think about that until, like, obviously, Josh, you knew about uh, Cosmos before uh, they revealed uh, yeah, it on Twitter. Yeah, I, I, uh, I saw it uh, in the credits. Oh, oh when, when, when you go through the way. credits, uh, the, you, you, you shocked see, when you saw that? I, 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 my jaw was all the ground. I'm like, wait, <laughs> does that say Cosmos? Couldn't you uh, see a silhouette in, like, the Blade album or something, too? 
Yeah, well, I, I was actually really paying attention to the silhouettes uh, and the play down. Like, so okay, right. just carrying them as machine guns. Oh my god, oh my god. that was so funny. Um, but yeah, after I got done in the game credits roll, they still, you know, the main characters and all the side characters and whatnot. Then they go to like the Rare Blades section, you know, obviously giving credit to their English and uh, Japanese uh, voice actors. The very first one they list is Cosmos. I'm like, wait, what? That's what the fuck is this? That's fucking crazy. I guess I guess I'll segue this into something gameplay related. Like, yes, all of the Rare Blades are voiced. They have all their own little cutscenes. Awesome. That's great. Like fully voiced, and um, the cutscenes kind of use canned animations. Like they're not like it's the they're, not, they're, they're not they're, they're not they're not they're not the same level as like the you know super I don't know if the right word is full motion like the the well animated movie style scenes of the of the uh, of the main story. But they are voiced cutscenes, and there's usually numerous ones for every single rare blade. So it's it's really impressive. Like a person can go through the game and not see these. Yeah, like, like uh, some uh, some developers wouldn't do that. It's crazy, like somehow in depth some of these uh, rare blades go. Like uh, obviously not going to spoil anything, but like there was this one rare blade that had like this to like initiate hers. You had to first obtain her, then you had this new mercenary group thing, and like the the length on like completion for it was like all question marks. So it's like okay, when the fuck is this going to get done? I let a few hours pass. I'm like, this is not getting done. So I had to go back to a previous area that had a new uh, question mark uh, side quest on it, and that leads to like this this whole elaborate side quest chain this that revolves around her and, and your group uh, carrying out a task. And like they're all voice cut scenes. They're all unique. And like and a good chunk of people will never see that side quest chain if they don't like roll her or decide to like you know use her or something. And it's like wow, that's insane, you know. And it's also worth mentioning that like the previous Xenoblade games, they have like these ha- small heart-to-heart cutscenes that can be found in the environment that, you know, involves like a subset of your characters, like two or three of them. And each rare blade like has a handful of them as well. So you ha- might have like two characters and like one of the rare blades like interact with each other, like, like maybe with a townsfolk or something with like just random activities, like kind of learning more about them, how they view, you know, certain issues in the game and how, like, you know, just just seeing them mingle and talk about stuff is like kind of like a weird small delight in the game it's, it has the like i mentioned in my review like the heart to heart scenes are like has some of my like favorite cutscenes in the game because they're so some of them are very elaborate and very well thought out um that's um my take on it i think uh, the last like two things i, I i'd want to mention about it yeah is uh the one, of course, the, we kind of alluded to it earlier. It was like the the soundtrack for this game is oh, look, I bet. Man, oh my God. like the first Xenoblade, really, really good soundtrack. One of, one of obviously one of the best RPG soundtracks out there. Yes, two probably on par with it, if not a little bit better in my heart. Wow, it's, I I am uh, me and me me and uh Josh talked about this earlier. And I said, like, I don't think Xenoblade 2 is as good as 1, but only really because I think 1 is just possibly the best one ever. And it's got, like, those, it's got those Shimomura, like, licks that you, oh, that are yeah. so characteristic. You, and it's, and like, so, so many scenes, so many uh, scenes where I can instantly hear the, the music playing or just tell me the name of the track and all of a sudden I'm humming it. I don't, like, Xenoblade 2 is, like, a 9.9 out of 10 like it's it i think it i think it i think it follows it really well and especially later in the game some of the some of the field themes like you you listen to it at day and then i almost like skipped the skip the time to night just to hear how the the motifs are adjusted to the different like times of day they adjust it for the time that's awesome yeah Mm -hmm. and and then the way it transitions to like from from day to night is really well done too 
two different tracks. It's two different motifs on like this, two different you know elaborations on the same motif, and it's done very well. And it, I think it's stronger later in the game. Um, mm-hmm. not, but at the same time, that's not suggesting that early is weak. It just it just starts good and gets better. And of course, like you always have that one thing like in the cutscenes, right? Like when when things are starting to go down, you know, you hear that main theme play. It's like, oh yeah. It's oh, go time. No far plane or anything like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's like you probably needed some time for that Xenoblade Chronicles One soundtrack to really hit you, uh, just to get experience that more. Maybe with a little bit of time, a little room to breathe. Now that you're playing it, it'll just continue. To, you'll continue to go back to that as well, just like you did the first yeah. one. Yeah, and 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 the the last th- thing that I'll probably mention here uh, is obviously one of the the biggest strengths in every Xenoblade game is just the the elaborate world design and like the the ways they frame them. Like you'll have your snowy regions, your desert regions, but the way they present them in this game, along with the 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 day to night cycle, um obviously the weather conditions. And the, the the new thing in this, which is very, very neat, is um unlike the you know the first Xenoblade, it got, obviously uh revolve around these two titans the bionis and mechanis and in uh, xenoblade 2 it has multiple titans in it of varying shapes and sizes but you know for throughout the game you'll be traveling throughout each of these titans and they'll still have nations and civilizations you know sure. uh on them i'll have different environments and just monoliths off really really uh stepped up their game and like committing to this world because you get to know about each and every single like place that you meet so elaborately the the people who live there um, how they adapt to their environment, like the the politics that go on and why they're governed that way. And you, you just like kind of learn about these people, why they live the way they live and how they adapt to their environments. And, and you know, and, and of course, there's going to be some political conflict between some of these things and like why that has to happen. And that's explored into like pretty damn good detail. And like you start connecting the dots between each of them and you have like a, a chance to kind of like develop each of these towns too, like with these shops and everything. It's... It's kind of it's um, brilliant. Yeah, talking about the shops, um, I actually feel like Xenoblade Two, in some ways, kind of takes away some of the depth of interpersonal relationships between NPCs. But I feel like it adds in an equal amount of depth to stuff like you. If you go to certain shops and you buy up one of everything they have, and sometimes you won't be able to buy everything at once because you need to raise the development level for a settlement. Once you do, you can buy the deed for that um, shop, which means you can get discounts on everything they sell, and you also get a kind of boost to some sort of attribute, like your stat. And they're, it's really interesting seeing just how, okay, there's however many shops in the game, and you can basically buy the deed for any of them that aren't standard, like Oxcore, Smithy, stuff like that. And I think this how I opened it up this podcast where at least when i was brought in when i talked about all these systems interlocking like that's just like another factor like you salvage to get some materials that you then trade into the trader which then ups the development level so then you go to a shop and buy new items to put in your pouches which help you out in combat and then you buy a deed which increases the rate at which you move it's just crazy how it all like locks into place like in so many kind of fascinating ways like yeah we still haven't even really touched like you know the affinity charts in the game especially for rare blades because the, the way you level develop is all unique like you have like you know your your share uh, fair share of like blades of like oh if you use like this uh tier two like uh, elemental combo with them this amount of times you like gain this attribute for them that like kind of buffs them up a bit more but then you'll have more unique ones like this rare blade 
that like you have to open up like a, a secret warehouse at the first area of the game to like ac- access its like food stash and then you have to like start filling it with food items to start unlocking its attribute tree and leveling it up because the whole shtick of that blade is it's really fucking hungry and it, oh, it can't stop eating. Like, it's like a mag. <laughs> so I, I, I do have to oh, go ahead, James. I think it's worth mentioning for that one specific rare blade, the very first thing it says to you when you summon it is, I will eat everything that Allrest has to offer. (laughs) (laughs) I I will say, though, that I do like how the blades level up in different fashions. Some of them you have to kind of equip more and just level up your trust and use it in battle. Others, you have to do certain side quests. There are a few that are kind of, I guess I'll just elaborate. There's two in mind that level up in ways that I'm just kind of like, this is, I wish this was different. One of them levels up by defeating unique monsters, which the issue that I had here was like defeat so-and-so on the first field of the game. I'm like, oh, okay, let me go back to that area and find its tombstone because the rare monsters in this game leave tombstones where you can like resummon them, but they aren't marked on the map. So you kind of have to like, I think it was around here. And then you find a tombstone and it's there's no name on it. So I'm like, I think this was it. And then you fight it and like, no, that wasn't the right one. I must be thinking of a different one. Oh, it was this one, you know, slightly further north. So I was trying to level up a blade and that was just kind of like one of those niggling issues where it's like, man, I wish A, these tombs- quality of life thing. <laughs> I wish these tombstones were marked on the map and B, if if you can't do that, maybe at least put the name of the monster on it. Uh, I, but I do, I want to, uh, state again that I do enjoy that. Like, it's cool that a, that a blade levels up like that. It's almost like a, like a hunting game where you're like, you, you equip this blade and I'm going to go fell these foes to level it up. And then if you, if you put a, an hour aside doing that, you can level up a blade really fast. And like all of a sudden you've got another powerful blade with you. And then there's another blade that levels up nearly through, uh, the Merc missions, which is the missions that you use where you send them off. Uh, like dispatches or whatever which is kind of interesting in theory but that means like while you're leveling up that blade you're not using it it's just kind of an interesting little dichotomy there like this blade i'm trying to level up by sending it on merc missions but that means i'm learning how to fight without using it because i don't have it with me i just thought that was kind of an interesting little thing and we haven't even talked about how you have to upgrade poppy oh <laughs> man that's true. i was just doing that today too i was just like a lot of, okay so <laughs> when you get poppy uh very early on in the game you you unlock this uh, little mini retro game called tiger tiger and uh this whole mini game is basically kind of like a a 16-bit style kind of dive down get the treasure go back up uh safely and you know there'll be enemies along the way and and whatnot treasures and so you're gaining uh, this currency exclusive currency to poppy called uh ether and yeah, you're obvious. You'll get bonuses for not taking damage, or collecting all the ether crystals, and getting all the treasure uh, on the way there. So you kind of cash that out. There's like five stages to it. Gets progressively more difficult, and then you get to this like uh, screen. Uh, and Poppy is like a robot, so it has like a this whole very neat UI to her. That's like a kind of like a, a like a, a blueprint, not a blueprint, but kind of like a, a schematic uh, of her. And then to, she's one of the she's like the only blade in the game where she's like very highly customizable. You can uh, customize whether she's a tank attacker or even what kind of tank, like a, a physical tank that'll take hits, or an evasion tank, tank like Dunban in the first Xenoblade, uh, or an attacker or healer. And then you can change her her uh, element core, and then you can change like her whole art layout and all the skills that she has. She's like the only one in this game, and she has like a, a total of three forms that like you can do this for. And and she's like she's very very versatile, but you'll need to like play a lot of this Tiger Tiger mini game or like get like you know, uh, or buy them uh, with ether in that uh, to level her up. But it's it's just like a weird little thing that they added in for it. That's like 
it's cool, but it, it I, I'd like Tiger Tiger, so it's okay with me. But people who hate Tiger Tiger will um, kind of struggle leveling her up because it, it does take a good amount of currency and time with that game to to really yeah. make her shine. Which would be a shame because at least from where I've been playing, it seems like Tora is actually a really useful character. She, uh, he is, yeah. It's the slow uh, incline, of course. It's just like with a lot of those important characters, they may start up weak, but they're going to be super useful towards the end game, uh, even yeah. post-game, it sounds like. So. I felt like he was actually pretty strong from the get-go. Oh, like, like, um, like One thing I noticed when I first got him is he has this one, arts, uh, one um, skill that you want to equip him right off the bat because he is a total tank. Kind of like Riki from the first uh, Xenoblade. But the default layout for the skills that they give you um, give you for him doesn't really work with his playstyle, I don't think. Because I was getting my ass whooped just using him for the first like, hour or so. And then I looked into his art, it's like, oh... I'll swap this out, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, now oh, everything. The, 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 yeah, the shield. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, the fourth, the, the fourth driver art, which is the one that's initially unequipped, is like the most useful one for him as a tank. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to slot that in, and yes. then I'm going to make, I'm going to make it on his top slot because. And then I use here's, another, here's another here's another progression thing we didn't talk about. Like every character has their own like innate progression. I think it's the SP. Yeah, where you SP. Where like one of the things you can get is the ability to use a driver art right away off in battle. So like for Ricky, it says you spend your SP here and then you can Torah. use your top Yeah, Torah. You can use your SP here and then you can use your top driver art right away in battle. So I made sure to put the shield there. And it's like, okay, this now now he's tanking up more appropriately. So Yeah. And uh every character has their own progression in and all the weapons they use too. So like there's like a total of maybe thirteen to fourteen weapon types, but uh, all the experience you get, all the experience you get is only for that weapon. The only way to get more uh, of the experience for that weapon is using that weapon. But you know, it's it's it doesn't become an issue really because you, it's more of a it's a system to me that like I kind of didn't actively think about and like I only cashed it in like when I like kind of remembered its time that like oh okay I should probably check on this again that's been like that this many hours. So uh, it, that, it was never that big of an issue for me. Go for it. One good thing I'll say about that system is that your uh, skills for each of those weapon types is for each weapon type. So you're not going to have to worry about upgrading your skills for each blade that you equip for that specific weapon type. So like if you have the ball, which is really a funny um, weapon type, if you're upgrading your uh, um, skills that you got from one blade that uses a ball, you'll still have those skills leveled up for another blade that's using a ball as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, like, you're not really losing uh, progression. That's just like, you, you'll get rewarded the more you play it. Um, it sounds it, very impressive. I mean, it's, it's almost it's almost saga like. Yeah. Yeah. It, it actually kind of made, reminded me a lot about that. I mean, it's just like a lot of these uh, RPGs lately, especially Japanese RPGs. Um, they have a lot of systems to it, and it gets super deep. And once you sort of fall into it, it seems like it'd be a very satisfying experience. Like, you're really getting your money's worth. Um, there's just It sounds like there's a lot to do, which is great. And I think that's what you want from a modern game like that. And I'm excited to see exactly how people will take to it. Because it's still early, obviously. It's only just a day since it came out. For me, I couldn't get my game on release day because apparently I'm one among a bunch of people that I guess there's been a delay, a weird delay, with especially with like the special editions where mm. a lot of us are going to get our games on Tuesday. So, and that's just, you know, cutting into the time for the game of the year stuff. 
I know we'll talk a lot more about this in a couple weeks during the Game of the Year podcast. I wish I could just copy and or cut and paste it into that stuff. Not copy paste, actually. I don't want to cut any of this out, honestly. Um, <laughs> but we're going to have a lot deeper discussion about that yeah. then. So I think we got a lot through a lot of what Xenoblade Chronicles 2 has to offer. As I mentioned, uh, Josh Torres, your review is up on the site, rpgsite.net. So be sure mm-hmm. to check that out for a lot more. Uh, it's very lengthy, but very in-depth and spoiler-free. So don't feel like you're going to like be spoiling anything for yourself if you go ahead and read that uh unless you know you're very sensitive about even about gameplay stuff but other side of that uh <laughs> even... you've reached this point you know more about it yeah <laughs> we actually yeah it. we talked about cosmos so yeah even then uh people were very uh, uh there's some people that weren't happy even us mentioning her making an appearance but even then you know that's that's just like a, a tiny little drop in the bucket a grain of sand in the ocean that is the Blade chronicles 2 so yeah. excited to check that out for myself uh, before we wrap this up, though, is there any last things you guys want to mention before we, we do about this game or anything else? It's a, it's a really good game. That's that's my last that's my final touch on it. Anything else, Brian? Is uh, You're about done with it yourself? Yeah, it's a very strong game but with a long list of shortcomings that some of them can be patched. Maybe some of them are more inherent to the design. Uh not 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 to sour the message, but just they are there and present. No, we, we need we need yes. second opinions about this stuff because honestly, like not everything should be uh, excused by you know they can just patch it because what if they don't? Then all of a sudden exactly. you're like, okay, well now that's just permanently a shortcoming. So we got to be mindful of that as well. And James, yeah. of course, I'm sure you're going to be uh, deep with that uh, for the good good while. <laughs> so yeah. You've got other games to play, but that seems like that's going to be your your your. Uh, I assume that's going to be your your game you're going to be talking about during uh, the game of your stuff. It's going to be the most freshest in your memory after all. So, yeah, so. I'll be tuning the horn for Trills in the Sky the third though, if uh, no one else does. <laughs> oh, I'm sure Adam will be right there with you along with Brian too. So and Josh, obviously, you got plenty of Falcon fans here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a but the, look look James, Xenoblade two like consumed by life for like a good two <laughs> how long like two nearly days. three weeks to now yeah, it was now. pretty much my thanksgiving staycation I yeah like, okay I, got, I guess i got four straight days to play this because i'm not going home for you thanksgiving playing, but, but, I, but I've, I've already seen like many many people on twitter and people i know uh like come to me and say oh man i already spent like 16 17 hours and this game has been barely out but I, I, it, it made them come back to rpgs in a way that they haven't felt in a while and that's the that's like kind of amazing in a way like a lot of people did that with persona 5 and like another wave of people did it here it's kind of, to, to, to them it's like it feels like uh, like a new like it, it's an rpg that came out of the ps2 era in like the best way possible for them it's crazy because like obviously the switch is the hot thing whereas when Xenoblade chronicles x came out we was definitely not the hot thing so that's <laughs> actually people are actually able, willing to play this they own a system uh that is they probably bought in the first place for a different game that came out like zelda came out right away as opposed to wii U, it's like i don't know am i gonna just buy it only to play Play <laughs> chronicles it's kind of a Man, thing. in a couple of weeks we're gonna have to weigh this against zelda against persona it's just oh uh, my it's gosh. gonna be it's gonna be interesting yeah that'd be we're not gonna say anything yet but yeah. um against that, divinity I, mean, I gotta shout that out oh, yeah, yeah Divin- i need to play divinity because i love the first one the original yeah, but, specifically yeah we are we have like the preliminary like game of the year plans and it the, the, the new format this year is man it's yeah. gonna be tough we're not gonna it's spoil gonna it tough. but yeah yep. it's it's uh people are going to be interested in seeing how we change things up this year uh but that's just gonna be even 
Adam keeps saying it's going to be shorter, and I just don't think that's going to be true at all. <laughs> that's, I think it's going to be even <laughs> yeah. more dangerous. Let's listen to how long cut... here we talked about a single game. Exactly. It's going to be more cutthroat and, and like bloodthirsty. Like. Exactly. It's been like, what, like we spent 90 no. minutes just talking about one game, where I have to talk about like maybe a couple dozen, so it's going to be... Uh, any more like uh, Game of the Year wrap-ups for you guys? Like Obviously Xenoblade 2 for uh, Zach and uh, James here, but anything else on the plate, Brian? Uh, I I need to just wrap up near, like I yes, I've, I've been playing it off and on for since it came out. How many? And I keep have, I just keep getting distracted. Uh, how far are you in here? Uh, I'm like 20 hours in, but I'm like on the first route because I'm being like completionist and oh, slow. Okay. Oh, see. so like, gotta pick. So battles. I think I think I think I think it eventually it'll like roll downhill when I stop like just meandering and like completing everything. Yeah, at, at least like in your in your second run through, you don't have to worry about those side quests if you're being completionist now. Yeah. that means your 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 route B. Uh, I mean, a lot of the side shorter. quests are shared between route A yeah. and B. So yeah. yeah. And, and to be honest, like if you played like twenty thirty hours of any game, you probably have a good idea of what your uh, <laughs> opinion is of it. Um, um, not well, not, not, not near. Okay, near. not near. With, with, with near that's as as I normally agree with you. I will. I have been spoiled on a few things, but I will say like I'm always interested in the execution of those things. So I got spoiled by Anime Expo cosplay. So that's just that's how it is. Uh, but yeah, um, you know, also New Year Tomata for sure. I, I can't, I won't be able to play Persona 5 in time. Um, but Divinity is definitely one of those. I want to be there with you, Brian, and talking about Divinity Original Sin 2 because I think that that's going to be the big game. Uh, it's crazy thinking about how many CRPGs came out this year when you have like Torment came out, Tyranny, uh, well, um, Tyranny was late last sorry, year, late last year. I'm, I'm mixing up the time uh, timelines. Uh, but what was the other precise Tyranny? I mean, Pyre probably won't be part of it, but. Pillars of, uh, Pillars of Eternity was last year or this year? That was an expansion, Pillars right? It, it, yeah, not, the only one really this year was uh, that I played was um, outside of Divinity was Torment, which spoiler wasn't very good. Yeah, that's, so, that's, that's, that's a sad considering it's, you know Planescape was apparently great. But yeah, we'll have a lot to talk about that and then. But next week is going to be um, Monster Hunter World. <laughs> yeah, Monster Hunter World. We're going to be talking about that. But the week after that, we're, we won't have a podcast because we'll have Game of the Year po- discussions instead. Uh, yeah. But no, yeah, the, the Monster Hunter World uh, beta details. Uh, what's up with that, James? When's it starting? Um, so it's starting on December 9th, and it goes through through the 12th. But you'll be able to preload it starting on December 8th. We're going to have an article out about where you can find it on the PlayStation Store using PS4 and probably just the link to it on the PS Store on um the website on the 8th so you guys all have time to download it and not have to worry about yeah, <laughs> having to download it it's yeah. a playstation plus exclusive by the way so you have to have that in order to play it uh i'll be a playstation experience though so it might be a case where one of the other guys may have to host it or we'll just delay it till maybe sunday night or something like uh, that. I'll, I'll, I, can, I can probably do it I yeah have cool you've done it yeah. before mm-hmm. uh so yeah we'll do that uh and then yeah, I just won't be able to talk about PlayStation Experience. I'm trying trying to think. Oh, yeah, they'll have like the the announcements. So if you have PlayStation Experience news, probably on the next podcast. Then yeah, yeah, we'll have, we'll have stuff to talk about. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be kind of intense. So this week, even if it doesn't seem like it's gonna be a lot in terms of the typical news. Going into the weekend, expect a lot of stuff. Even from Idea Factory, like I said, their press event. But that might just be ports. Like well, well, do, well, when's so. that press event for Idea Factory? I think it's Thursday. 
not mistaken. It's going to oh, be okay. in Anaheim, so that's nice. So it's not going to be uh, a long drive for me, considering they said like last year was, and the year before that was San Francisco. Yeah. It made a lot of sense in the first year of PlayStation experience. It was in San Francisco. Actually, no. First year was Las Vegas. Second year was in San Francisco, and that's where they had the Idea Factory press event. So we were able to just do that and, and have a ball. And But uh, this year, it's going to be Anaheim, uh, same uh, area as PlayStation experience. So it's going to be a lot easier. I think last year was like in November, so that was kind of weird. So... It's, it's a lot better for us, but we'll have coverage of that on the site. Even if I don't talk about it on the podcast, just know that we'll have coverage up on the site, which mm-hmm. is rpgsite.net. You can also find um, us on Twitter at rpgsite, uh, Facebook page, facebook.com, such rpgsite.net, youtube.com, such rpgsite.net, which we have a video of Cosmos <laughs> and other stuff that you guys can uh, uh, definitely yeah. see. Um, also, subscribe to us just by checking on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Just search for TetraCast. Our permanent Discord link, discord.me slash RPG site, which we have a uh, premiere, uh, a Xenoblade Chronicles 2 uh, channel. So if people want to talk about that game, uh, don't have to worry about messing with other people who hate spoilers or anything like that. Uh, we have a channel. Just hop on there, uh, chat with other people about the game. If you need any help with it, be sure to check that out. We've also got plenty of guides, by the way, for Xenoblade Chronicles 2 popping up and more to come on RPGsite.net. Lastly, we like to leave uh, Sharon with you where you can find us on Twitter. So where can they find you, James? They can find me at The Sweet on Twitter, T-H-E-S-W-W-E-E-T. Oh, you got him off guard. Uh, Brian? Uh, Z-E-O-M-A-S-S-I-C-O-T. I think I spelled that right. Zero Massacot, yes. Uh, and uh, Josh, where can they find you? They can find me at HD Karen, H-D-K-I-R-I-N, where I'm putting a lot of Xenoblade 2 uh, screenshots up. Not, not really spoilerish, but I will say the, the mercenary group for Cosmos as the leader is freaking awesome. Yes. It's uh, Erde Kaiser from uh, Xeno, Xeno Saga reference, and I saw that, I was like, that's fucking cool. That's fucking rad. Yeah, it just reminds <laughs> me. I actually kind of want to go back and play those games now. Me too. Uh, but that's a, that's a, that's great. And I'm, yeah, you said you said you took a lot of screenshots. We actually had a lot of screenshots onto the site as well. So people that want some media, be sure to check that out. You can find me at Zach Reese on Twitter as well. So that make that's it uh, for this special Xenoblade Chronicles Two edition of the podcast, uh, December second, twenty seventeen edition. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank. Uh, Josh, James, and Brian for being a part of this and everyone out there for listening. And uh, Next week, catch us for yet another edition of the TetraCast. Should be a good one. See y'all then.